You're listening to the Saturday Night Special, exclusively on the TKR Live Broadcasting Network. Some experts claim to be a Bigfoot scream. It is regarded as the highest quality audio of the creature ever captured. My brother said niggers are outdated farm equipment. I, I see no reason to be a goddamn gorilla in the modern world. Okay. And as we had to break some sad news, legendary singer, songwriter, and lifestyle icon Jimmy Buffett has died. An announcement on his website stated that Buffett passed away peacefully last night, surrounded by his family, friends, music, and dogs. He's best known for his beach and beer-themed drinking songs like Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise. Hopefully Jimmy Buffett found that lost shaker of salt. He was 76 years old. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake all of those tubes covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there
men who are interested in a woman's body count are absolutely fucking trash at sex. They could not find the clit if it was a fucking flashing light on top of their Xbox controller. They're looking for inexperienced women who they hope will be okay with whatever like two pump situation they got going on because they haven't had any better. And let's be real. This translates to I want someone who is 18 or as close to 18 as I can get because I'm a creepy fucking pedophile and I want to be able to manipulate, control and gaslight who I'm with. And of course, have you noticed the glaring gap in TikTok videos that are talking about men's body count? Doesn't seem like the same rules apply to them. Shocking. And the fact that we're using the terminology body count is really dehumanizing and like saying that women are ruined after they sleep with men as if like you're a piece of fucking produce. Like you're not an object. You are a full human being. And it also makes me think, you know, if a woman is ruined after sleeping with men, then seems like men are the fucking problem. This all revolves around the fact that men are such fragile little fucking flowers and they can't deal with the feelings of inadequacy and jealousy that arise if a woman has slept with more people than he has or in general, you know, has existed before him. The reality is we live in a patriarchal society where we still don't even know so much about women's anatomy and pleasure. Like a dude can very easily self-report, walk in, get some fucking Viagra from his doctor. But it takes on average over nine years for a woman to get diagnosed with endometriosis, which is an extremely painful condition. So not only does misogyny and the patriarchy like fuck with dating relationships, women's um, sexual pleasure, but it's also like a health epidemic. And there also is something to be said for the fact that men just cannot come to grips with the fact that women should have equal sexual power. So the only body count that should matter, my friends, is how many people you fucking murdered. Um, hopefully the answer is none, though I will say y'all are testing me. <laughs>
can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh. What's going on, everybody? Five, four, three. Seems like the fucking thing's working. So we'll have to disagree with Billo for now. Welcome, everybody, to the Crypto Report. This is the Saturday night special for the 2nd of September 2023. It's Labor Day weekend. And we've got a Saturday night special for you. And... We've got a co-host. We've got, as a special treat on a Saturday night, we've got Ace with us. Let's go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, Hate Farmer had this horrible, horrible excuse. He had some sort of family event he had to attend. and uh, gay. <laughs> Very, very, very gay indeed. Um, anyway... If I get distracted from time to time, uh, some of these uh, MS-13 types that they've uh, <laughs> moved into my area are are playing some kind of uh, jungle music very loud, and I can hear it going boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so <laughs> you think I'm joking about them being MS-13. I, I literally had to run some of them out from in front of my place the other day uh, like they're full face tattooed up and everything and it's about 11 o'clock at night and i hear some kind of noise out in front of my place and i get up and start walking towards the door i'm going to just look out the peephole and see what the hell's going on and i hear this male voice going i'm telling you there ain't nobody in there and i was like oh and i looked out the window and uh, saw this tattooed face motherfucker and his tattooed face she beast standing there and I opened up the door and just looked at him for a second and slammed the door shut and then I looked through the peephole and they still hadn't moved so I pulled the drapes aside and just stood there in the window staring at them until they left so they, at least they know yeah there's somebody in here and they know you're out there <laughs> right yeah and uh so I mean, you know, that's that's the kind of uh, horrible ghetto the bunker is in. Yeah, I mean, even before you told that story, I was going to say, as you've told me of your living conditions uh, previously, I have no difficulty at all believing that there's MS-13 gang members moved in next door. Yeah, yeah. Well, See, it seems like business as usual. Well, the thing is. I don't have to read the news to know when there's like giant spikes and surges across the border and stuff because they just hit here, right? Before it even <laughs> hits the news. But um <laughs> so, Right. How do you how do you tell it's raining? You look outside the window. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh yeah, you know, I've um I've had some some experiences before. I I, I don't know if I told this or not, but like a year and a half ago. Uh, it happened like twice in one month. Uh, they were doing it early in the morning. It was two different groups of people, but uh, both of them some kind of south of the border Hispanic, right? Mm. But I'm sitting here at this table that I sit at to do my computer stuff. And, you know, I'm a quiet guy, and I, I don't bother anybody, so you can see how somebody might think there's nobody here. 
but I'm sitting here and I keep the chain lock locked all the time. I keep all the locks locked all the time. But I'm sitting here and all of a sudden the door flies open and bangs against the uh, chain, right? I'm like, what in the fuck? And I jumped up and yanked the door open. And, well, when it banged against the chain, it got pulled shut again real fast, right? Hmm. And because, you know, if anybody who's accustomed to breaking into houses knows if they jimmy the door open and it hits the chain, there's somebody in there, right? They can't lock the chain from outside. Right. They <laughs> By process of uh, Sherlockian deduction, right? But I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm like six or seven feet from that door, and I was like, "What in the fuck?" And I jumped up and opened the door, and they're over trying. They're they're just walking off casually. I'm like, "Hey, what in the fuck?" And they look back at me like, "Oh shit!" And they ran off, right? <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later. The door doesn't fly open, but I'm sitting here and I hear something jimmying at the fucking door. And I go and I yank the, well, and I was prepared this time. I, you know, I've got, uh, I've shown pictures before, but <laughs> like my home defense system is basically a, a cobalt uh, camp hatchet. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I got that thing in my hand and put it up on my shoulder ready to strike and I yanked the door open and it's some kind of weird foreigner uh, it looked like he was about 50 in overalls and stuff and he still got the screwdriver in his hand where he was trying to jimmy the fucking door open and I was like what in the fuck are you doing and he put his hands up like hey hey, oh, hey no, no problem no problem and he backed away and I was like get the fuck out of here and I followed him like half a mile to make sure he got the fucking with the axe in my hand <laughs> to make sure he got the fucking message and uh what he should have done was say looking for my brother yeah i thought my brother live here well he would have had to come in to do that <laughs> but uh but anyway it's my uh, understanding if you say those words you get away scot-free no matter where you enter in or at least that's how it should work unless you get shot a couple of times well i mean that's that's the person who's uh, answering the door is in the wrong there because oh, if course. he's just looking for if he's just looking for his brother. I mean, you know, yeah, three o'clock in the morning. You know, you uh, <laughs> it's totally a normal thing to just go to the wrong house and walk in. Well, well, the the blacks love their magic phrases, right? Like that uh, the Waukesha proceed, uh, parade. Uh, a guy who ran through them, his magic freeze was grounds, right? So that was going to get him out of everything. Grounds, grounds. And, uh, you know, the blacks love their, I can't breathe. That's their phrase where the cops have to let them go. That's their magic phrase for that. And I'm looking for my brother is their magic phrase to enter any house they want. So they got all these magic, very powerful spells to yeah. uh, to deal with the white man's law. <laughs> I, knew, I, I, I knew a guy who went in the wrong house accidentally once. Um I mean, I, I say I knew him. I was in jail with him back in the back in the nineties. Um, he wasn't a criminal type at all, but he he was a young guy, probably in his mid twenties, and um, he was fresh out of the navy. And he went out to some party and got, oh, we got to do uh, we got to do uh, twenty five dollar chess. But let me finish this little anecdote first. 
Um, he got drunk off his ass and drove home from whatever party it was. He was really, really rip-snorting drunk. No way he should have been behind the wheel. It's amazing that he didn't, like, kill himself, right, or somebody else. Yeah. But he was just, like, blackout drunk. And when he pulled into the little subdivision where he lived, he turned on the wrong street, and, like, he pulled into what would have been the same house. Like, you know, say he lived in the third house on the left or whatever. He pulls into the third house on the left there, and the door just happened to be open. And he walked in, and he sat down on the couch and uh, like turned on the TV and shit, and was sitting there. And these pe- the people woke up in their bedroom and they came out and they're like, "Hey, what what the fuck are you doing in our house?" He's like, "What." What are you doing in my house? <laughs> and all this shit. And they called the cops on him, and the cops came and got him out. They charged him with burglary of a habitation, which would have been bad, bad, bad. But the the people uh, took mercy on him, and they were like, not you know, they went to the judge and the prosecutor, and like, look, don't charge him with all this shit. He was drunk, and he just he didn't know where he was, you know. So they ended up charging him with like misdemeanor trespassing and he went home the day he went to court but mm. uh i mean he wasn't trying to jimmy a door open and get inside if, if he if he'd have done that he'd have probably got shot too you know <laughs> but and with cause <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean you know it, it's a dicey thing either way and you know this is one of the reasons that i counsel against drinking um especially especially that kind of drinking but but drinking at all you know you ever get so fucking if you get drunk enough that you do things <laughs> that are not that you wouldn't do when you're sober it's just not good and, and if you get drunk enough that you like and when he got arrested like he came to in the drunk tank the next morning or whatever going how the fuck did i get here <laughs> but uh uh, there's only as bad of an alcoholic as I was. There were only a couple of times that I ever had blackouts, and it was during this period when um, I had this group of friends. It was in my early twenties when I had this group of friends that um, the, the entire group of friends centered around this one guy because he lived in this duplex that was way out in the country on the end of a cul-de-sac, so it was cool to be loud there and all that shit. And so we would all go to his place every Friday and Saturday night. And sometimes during the week, though, I worked. You know, a lot of these guys just went to school or whatever, uh, you know, to college. But I yeah, That's a great excuse to do some drinking. Well, yeah, but I worked. So, you know, I wasn't going, you know, I had to be, a, I had to be up at, I had to be guarding the foundry <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning. And it was like an hour drive to the foundry. So I wasn't drinking every night uh, like that, but um, I'd go out there on Friday and Saturday nights, and everybody just drink, 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 get drunk as you could. And uh, a couple of times I blacked out, and the worst feeling in the world is like, okay, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. You're asleep, and the phone starts ringing. Ah, and the ring just pierces through this headache, and you're like. I'm in the bed. What day is it? Fuck. And you pick up the phone and they're like, hey, man. Like, yeah, what's up? 
why the fuck did you do that shit you did last night? What? What did I do? <laughs> so when you hear that, when, when somebody asks you, why the fuck did you do that? And you're like, oh, what did I do? It's a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, and, and Red Dog in the chat calls it time traveling. And, and yeah, that's the way to refer to it, where you start having to play that little that little movie in your head with all the missing scenes in it, trying to recollect what exactly happened between you taking that uh, drink that you were taking like a sensible gentleman and then the situation that you find in now getting yelled at. What were those missing scenes? What footage got deleted? Yeah, well, and last thing I'll say about this before we... Uh before we uh, read these chats the thing that got me it didn't get me to stop drinking and all that but the thing that got me away from that group one of the things it, it wasn't like instant there, there were a couple of other things and I've talked about them before uh, but the thing that really started turning me sour on that group and its behavior and everything was there was one night where it was like the first time since I'd, I'd probably been going over there for four or five months doing this kind of shit, right? Yeah. You hear all that? You hear that noise? Yeah, that's a very vibrant community. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, you know what I think when I hear that? We should bring some more of them over here. Yeah. Well, I want to live next and, to that. And, and, and I'll tell you how bad it is. Uh, a lot of it's fucking kids, like eight or nine-year-old kids, and they're not in school of any kind. And these people let them run wild all fucking night. They run around screaming and shit, like at three or four in the morning. Well, surely that'll get corrected because oh, the, yeah. truancy, the truancy laws, like all other laws, will be enforced equally on these people, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one night um i had met this girl over there like on a friday night and i asked her did she want to go out with me the next day and so i took her out and nothing special like took her someplace to eat and went to a movie or something like that right and so when it was all over it was like 11 11 30 at night and i said well you want to go over there and see what they're doing and you know trying to like basically trying to keep hold of her as long as possible. Like, no, let's not let's not end this now. Let's go over there and, and have some as, as you as you do, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we both got over there pretty much sober and walked in there, and all these people were fucking drunk off their asses, right? And I was mm. like, ooh, I hate these people. Oh my god! And, and we didn't stay but like thirty minutes, and uh, as uh, and we went back to my little garage apartment that we had all the way there i was like god damn that's me when i'm when i start the evening with them uh, i don't like this <laughs> you know yeah so. man that is a change of perspective when you walk in on the middle of that scene not having been there from lift off up to the cruising altitude that they've reached and then add that on to you're bringing a person you know a woman in this case but somebody along who you ostensibly want to have a good impression of you and saying hey these are the people i spend my time with I mean, that's a sobering moment. And, 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 and I get in just as horrible a fucking horrible, offensive, and cringe shape as them, right? Yeah, exactly. I make as big a fool of myself as them. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do, these, let's do these super chats. Before I read the super chats, I want to remind the regular listeners and inform any new listeners we may have that there will be two ways 
to interact with myself and Ace tonight. One is by tipping. That is the preferred method. That is the that is the method of white men and women of good character. <laughs> Strongly preferred. <laughs> and uh, the We're way a high do, trust society don't abuse it. Yeah, the way that you do that is you go down to the bottom of the scrolling live chat there, and you uh, enter your question or comment that you want us to read and perhaps respond to live on air. You click the dollar sign and follow the bouncing ball of Odyssey commands and requests. Enter the um, amount that you wish to tip and click send. If you have any problem with that, these guys who have the whatever that symbol is that you shouldn't pass your children through its fire, that red symbol there, um, <laughs> those, are, those are the blooded... Uh, uh, Special Forces Jannies of Modwaffen, and they will be your tech support. They will help you if you have any problem. Or if you're one of these poor people who we had a big discussion last night that uh, you're okay by us. It doesn't matter what these other people say. We don't hate you because you're poor. But if you're poor or, you know, as usual, if, uh, you know, if you ran through all of the... uh, uh, favors you've got to borrow mom's debit card or whatever spending it on e-girls or (laughs) something like that and you just can't tip you can spurg chat spurg chats are free just at me if it's for myself or myself and ace in general if it's particularly for ace you can tag at Ace the Tabby and enter your comment or question or whatever, and the mods will screen cap that and move it over to another chat. Anything $25 and up, we will read immediately or as quickly as we can get to it when we see it, and everything under $25 or free, we will read at the end of the first and second half. So let's start doing that, Ace, right now. Here we go. Yes. Federale says, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. White men are amazing. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett died. Um, and um, I was never like, what do they call Jimmy Buffett people? Parrot heads or something parrot like heads. that? Parrot heads. Parrot heads. I was never a parrot head. And I was never big into the Jimmy Buffett thing. Now, I like the... Apparently, he has more than just two hit songs, but there's two hit songs that were big enough hits that I've heard them and I know them and can even sing along when they come on the you know some classic radio station or something because they were ubiquitous on uh, pop radio stations and such, and they they had crossover kind of to country stations too. Uh, when I was in my preteens, you know, Margaritaville and Come Monday, right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Margaritaville is his biggest hit. I don't know if Come Monday is like his other biggest hit, but it's the one that I've heard. It's the one I like best because I know the feeling uh, of what he's singing about. Not not the L.A. Hayes shit. I've, I've never had to, I've never had to deal with a brown L.A. Hayes, but I know I know what it's like being off somewhere and wishing like hell you could get back to somebody you care about instead of whatever you're dealing with, right? Mm. But. Um, as a matter of fact, we're probably going to play that here in a minute, uh, just to uh, as a uh, kind of an R.I.P. to Jimmy. But but I always liked his aesthetic, and whenever I would see him on TV or something like that, he seemed like a really cool guy and everything. So, 
But it's a weird thing. There's all these people dying who, um, like when I was a kid, like it wasn't necessarily my music. And I'm not saying it was like my parents' favorite music or whatever, but it's music that would play on the stereo when I was a kid and my parents were driving us around and whatever was on the radio was com- was playing on the in the car, right? Yeah. Like it was a, just a few months ago when Gordon Lightfoot died. And uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot has a few songs that I really, really like, you know. So, but, you know, he dies. And uh, there's been several, several of these people die recently. And when they do, oh, it makes you feel old and mortal. It's like... Uh, it's like your it's like your world is slipping away. You can start trying to kind of putting yourself in this mind space of what it must be like to be a really old person. You know, to be in your mid seventies or eighties or whatever, and like every single thing that was a cultural touchstone for you growing up is all gone, right? Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I mean, it also makes you you think about. Uh, when uh, you know if you do make it to a, an old age home you know for my generation are, are we going to be hearing limp biscuit in our you know coming over the golden oldie station <laughs> well, what's going to be going on there i remember like uh, back around it was a long time ago too I was, I was surprised how quickly they did it but like sometime in the mid aughts when i yeah, about around 2005, when I'd first moved back to Tyler from Dallas, um, and they had this one classic rock station that's been around forever, right? 96X, classic rock. And they don't have any, like, metal station or or alternative station or anything like that, right? So if you want to hear any rock and roll, you're going to listen to that classic rock station. And I had it on playing, and they're like, and here's Alice in Chains. And I was like, fuck, is it classic rock already? I mean, it's like, that song's like 10 years old. 10 years old is classic rock. But uh, Nirvana are classic rock in this. (laughs) Oh, well, they are (laughs) now for sure, yeah. uh, Now for sure, but yeah, like to your point, I remember when that happened. I went, oh, wow, that was playing on the school bus for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, like... uh, I remember it, it makes me think of, you know, there was, um, I've talked about it before. There was this trailer park that, you know, I lived in, um, from sixth grade up uh, that, that was about the time my parents fully hit middle class. Right. We, we moved to this cul-de-sac that was out in the country and it was really nice. It, um, it was about half it's it's fully in the city now and they they've wrecked it running highways behind it and everything but back then uh it was this cul-de-sac and there was this big church out on the highway and you couldn't even tell there was a street there it was a private street and you went down it and it was set up like a suburban neighborhood but with bigger yards was all but you know it's like three and four bedroom brick houses and stuff that got built in the late 70s with a circle at the end and behind the houses on one side of the street was this massive ranch you know and you didn't see ranch houses or anything it was just a giant field and a stock pond and cows and stuff and behind the houses on the other side of the street was just miles and miles and miles of forest but um I could I could walk between these two houses across the street and walk through about a mile of woods and I would come out in, on the back of this trailer park and I had some friends that lived in there and I, I had one friend, his parents were divorced and his dad had a trailer in there 
and he'd be over there on the weekends at his dad's place. And I went over there, and his dad had this big record collection. I'm going through it, and it's all like, you know, Elvis's greatest hits, the big bop or this and that. And he's sitting there making fun of, oh, this old shit. Look how old this shit is and everything. And fuck, I guess that's where I am now, right? If there was some <laughs> 20-year-old coming over going going through my music or whatever they'd be like <laughs> look at this <laughs> right. so, why doesn't he have little, something good <laughs> some some little fucking punk going where's his face tattoos he's so old yeah 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 they don't even rap or wear puffy jackets or anything um <laughs> but thank you federale thank you yes indeed jimmy buffett um Bear for All Seasons with $25 says, Happy anniversary to my mom and dad. 45 years and going strong. 07 to them and all the true ones out there. Yeah, happy anniversary to Bear for All Seasons, mom and dad. That's quite an accomplishment. Quite an accomplishment in this day and age to stay married that long. I remember my grandparents, I believe, um, my maternal grandparents, you know, they both were of extremely advanced age when they when they died i believe my grandma was 92 and my grandpa was 89 they died in a car wreck together and um they were on their way to not to cash they were on their way to deposit their social security checks in the bank and uh (laughs) go ahead what no, so so uh, it wasn't that one of them died in the car accident and the other one died of a broken heart? No, no, they were both in the car. Um, <laughs> but uh, it probably would have worked out that way because what I was going to say was I think they had been married nearly 70 years. I think they were coming up on like their 70th wedding anniversary in two or three years, something like that. Well, this is this is why we need the the institution of of the church back into mainstream life. It's such a rarity that the couples will stick together for that long now. But I don't know if uh, you have this memory from church, but I do. Every now and again, they do that thing where they'd have, you know, the couples uh, stand up. You know, couples married for ten years, for twenty years, for thirty years stand yeah. up. And I'm I'm convinced some of those some of those people. Uh, hated each other but they really liked the social cloud of being the last one standing up so they they stuck it out to the bitter fucking end (laughs) i don't know about that (laughs) but uh, yeah i um that happened with them a couple of times um the this little church that they had that they went to uh in palestine you know um they had moved after they retired they moved back to palestine um they had lived in Winsboro forever. That's where my uh, mom met my dad. And uh, at, once they had retired and, oh, they'd probably been retired about 10 years, but they didn't have, you know, they didn't have any of their kids living anywhere near them. And they were from Palestine. And so they had like uh, their oldest uh, daughter, and all of her kids, who were like grown middle-aged kids by then, lived there. And so, you know, if they needed anything, like they had somebody there to help, right? So they 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 moved back home, and the church they went to was called Lone uh, Lone Pine Baptist Church, and it was built by like my grandma's uh, parents or grandparents in like the eighteen nineties, and you know the other. Baptists there in the little local community, they all just got together and built it by hand, the original one. And it was called, guess why it was called Lone Pine? 
Um, because they had a forest of pine trees. Because there so was one. Trees. Because there was one pine tree there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, your way makes more sense. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. But uh, so they were going to that church again, and is it for their? I did two of these, so I must have done like their sixtieth and sixty fifth uh, wedding anniversary. But for both of them, they had a big deal at the church, and like. You know, they had four kids, and um, several of them had more than two kids. My parents had two kids, but and then, you know, you had all the grandkids, and then you had all the great-grandkids and stuff, oh, and, yeah. and they all got brought up there. And the preacher uh, talks about started talking about how, uh, you know, uh, you know, he said their names and mentioned how uh, Grandma's family was founding member of the church our family were founding members of the church and everything and talked about how they'd gotten married at that church back in, uh, 1930, whatever. And yeah, yeah. And then had them stand up and then said, okay, now all the children and children in law stand up and they stand up and they're like, okay, now all the grandchildren stand up and they stand up. And they said, now all the great grandchildren stand up and they stand up. And they said, now the great, great grandchildren stand up and they, they couldn't stand. They were both little babies, but their moms picked them up. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like the, half the church was full of them. And the guy was like, see this, this is what it's all about. It, this is what God's talking about when he, it, and he quoted the verse about being fruitful and multiplying and all that good stuff. Right. And it was, it was a very, it was a very moving thing to see. And it makes it depressing, uh, to sit around, uh, going like, eh, this is going to happen for almost no one now. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, what a culture shock that during that he didn't, uh, he didn't ask your, uh, grandmother's, uh, uh, employees or ex-managers to come up and and you know hold up signs showing the different job titles that she held as she rose through the ranks. I mean that would have. I mean the kids, you know what whatever. But to show her climbing through the corporate ladder, now that would have been something. Yeah, that would have been something to really look back on in her old age. Yeah. Now she did a lot of work in her life, but she didn't do a bunch of working for other people. Um, you know of they start they started off. Um, as uh, sharecroppers, my my, I talked about this last night. My 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 mom's father, my maternal grandfather, was a, he made his living farming cotton, and he was a sharecropper, which meant he didn't own the land that he farmed. The bank owned it, right? Mm-hmm. And so they would raise cotton on it, and he and grandma and the kids would do all the work. Uh, which was a lot of work and a lot of work like that most of us cannot imagine now unless you've been sent to a prison where they pick cotton and they they finally decided in Texas about 15 years ago or so that that was too cruel and they shut down the I believe it was the Sugarland unit where they had cotton fields right it's just it was too bad of a look to have all those black prisoners out in the fields picking cotton <laughs> but anyhow uh so they would do that and when it came time to harvest it they they would hire for however many of the local uh 
friends and blacks and stuff that they could afford to come help bring in the harvest. And when they went to the cotton gin the uh, and sold the cotton, the bank got something like a third right off the top, off the gross, not the net, right? They didn't. It, it didn't matter what it cost to buy the seed and to keep the shit going and how much work you put into it or any of that. The bank got a third right off the top. And you never owned the land or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, she, you know, she did that. And then um, in the uh, early 50s, Grandpa got on at uh, a Getty. Uh, well, it was, it was um, what was it called? Uh, Tidewater. And it became Getty Oil later. But he got on at a Tidewater oil refinery out there. And... Uh, he did well there, and that lifted them up out of that kind of poverty, right? Mm. But uh, uh, anyway, even though they had been lifted up out of that kind of poverty, you know, they had lived through the Great Depression, and they had been sharecroppers and stuff like that, and they always did all the stuff, right? Grandpa, uh, when he w- when he was a sharecropper, just, you know, whatever money that he could bring in uh, farming cotton— that wasn't enough money to do everything, right? And so he he had every way imaginable to supplement uh, income. He uh, would have a giant vegetable garden, and he'd have he'd have hogs and chickens and all that stuff. And he would uh, the Trinity the property where he grew the cotton was right on the Trinity River, and he'd go fish in the Trinity River, and. Uh, and he'd hunt. He was a big squirrel hunter and all that. So, you know, all the food, they bought almost no food. And they had a cow that they milked and all that, had a Jersey cow. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so they were very, very, very self-sufficient people. And when they, even once, uh, you know, he got transferred after a while to Winsboro. And uh, they they bought a house and lived in for a while. And then after a while, they built a new house and even still he till the day he died he had this giant garden and uh you know full of every kind of uh vegetable you could imagine he grew fruit trees and everything and he would grow so much that he that uh they'd have stuff to eat for the whole year and he'd give all kinds of stuff away to all of his kids and grandkids and he had a big surplus that he would sell right Mm. And grandma would can stuff like all winter long. You'd be eating all the different canned vegetables and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, they did all the things that that was people. Who, those were people who knew how to get how to uh, survive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And when they when they died, there was all this money in the bank, even though he and, and yeah, you know, working for the refinery paid fairly well. But he was just a laborer. Right. And um, they had the this massive amount of money in the bank <laughs> because they weren't spending it all on shit. Everybody else was spending it on. Yeah. And they had all those kids and stuff, but anyway, let me get back to these chats. Uh, Federale with another $25 says Tony castle doctrine, stay shovel, shut up. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> thank you. Federale. That's all the $25 ones. But an interesting aside to that, you know, my grandpa got charged uh, with attempted murder over the fishing. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. He uh, 
he would the way that the way that people uh, down here fish, people who are fishing to actually eat for the most part, like, and you don't see much of it anymore. Most people aren't fishing to eat. I mean, yeah, they might fish for for some kind of fish that they want to eat. Like when the when the crappie run, people will, and that that's like a, a few weeks, twice a year, the crappie will runs what they call it when they're when they're. When the female crappie are horny and they're breeding on it, they start running. And that's when you can really catch them because there's particular spots in the lakes and all that you know where they'll be. The crappie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the crappie is like the best-tasting uh, freshwater fried fish, man. The best. It's so much better than catfish, even. Oh, yeah. Fry them up. They're good. Yeah, but... Um, you know, people will go out and they'll they'll fish with poles for that. And every every once in a while, you see somebody throwing a net out or whatever. But the way that most people who fish, and I saw this a lot when I was a kid, but I don't see it all that much anymore. They would they would put out what's called trot lines, where you know you'll have something like a a, a big uh, some kind of an empty bottle that floats or something like that, and you'll have a weighted line that has a bunch of baited hooks on it and that kind of thing. And the cat, big old catfish will come swimming up and they'll go to eat the bacon or whatever that you put on there and they'll get hung on that uh, hook. And you got to go and check your trot lines at least once a day, every day. You know, you pull them up. And I, my cousin and my grandpa both did it. And I used to ride around in the boat with them. And you go and you pull it up and you get all the fish off of it and you rebait it and put it back down, right? And that, that, that's how you, you know, if you're trying to live off the fish, that's how you do it, right? Yeah, but uh, so he was he w- he was fishing out of the river and the stuff like catfish and and uh, perch and crappie and that kind of thing that he would catch that was good fish to eat. But the carp and drum uh, that was scholar fish, right? <laughs> uh, it was just nasty, nasty stuff. And they would buy it from him, right? Not probably not for very much, but they'd buy it from him and. Uh, there was one that got a bunch, got a mess of fish off of him, and said it was kind of like Wimpy with the hamburgers. Like, I, uh, listen here, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for some of them drum fish today, right? <laughs> and uh, Grandpa was uh, kind of a drinker back then, and he was a man with a temper, and he didn't pay him on time. And he was over at his brother's place where they made their uh, their bootleg beer and had their little still and everything. And he had a good one going. And one of them come over and said, yeah, old, uh, old Rastus over here, he's talking a bunch of shit saying, hell with you. He's not going to pay you. And he's like, what? <laughs> and so he went over to his house. And, uh, you know, back then people didn't carry like big tactical folding blades and stuff like that he had like you know a man's pocket knife right like like a barlow knife or whatever right and uh he went up on the porch and he always kept it razor sharp of course because what good is it if it's not (laughs) and so he opened up the blade and put it behind his back he was holding the knife behind his back and he knocked on the door and uh when the scholar came to answer the door he grabbed hold of him and cut his throat and uh oh (laughs) all right (laughs) that ramped up quickly yeah yeah and uh 
I was expecting an ass kicking at the end of this. No, maybe no, a, no. Maybe a, no. Maybe a little light brandishing. No, was, no, no. He was going to cut his throat, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he lived. But it was a whole deal, and um, my, it, was a, it was a whole deal. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Bet it was. It, crea- it, it, crea- it created somewhat of a situation for a little while. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there was a situation that resulted. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was probably eight or nine years old or maybe a little older, and I had never heard anything about it. And one day Grandma was complaining about it. I, I, I'd gotten in some kind of little bit of trouble about something, and, she was, and he, Grandpa was getting on me. You don't have anything. You, you wanted to talk. Uh, I, you you uh, cut that You cut that colored boy's throat and i had to i had to go to court three or four times and bring all the children up there to make the judge and the jury feel sorry for you (laughs) all this shit i was like wait what (laughs) little family lore was dropped that yeah yeah well and the the thing is you know the, the knowing grandpa I wasn't one bit surprised about anything the only thing i was surprised about was that i'd never heard it Right. You know, it wasn't wasn't bragged about. He did, that he didn't gather you around, pull you up on his knee, and tell you. Well, no, it. he wouldn't tell you nothing. Grandpa never until he got really, really old. Grandpa was a guy who never talked. He never said anything unless there was something had to be said, like do this or whatever. Right. So he was a man. Yeah. I mean, he was he was very quiet when you. He had a very deep voice, and it was very brusque. And when you'd suddenly hear it, you'd be like, huh, "What." <laughs> you're gonna do whatever it was he said right and um but, but uh uh when he got to be like uh in his in his 80s and all oh he wanted to talk you know but mm. uh anyway and it was fun to hear him talk because he would he would always talk about stuff from way way back right but well, uh well, well past the uh, statute of limitations of Cutting a yeah. colored's throat. Right, right. Well, I mean, he, no, he never told me about that one. I heard about it from everybody else. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they had to get him a lawyer, and uh, you know, he got arrested. And they got him a lawyer, and uh, the lawyer's like, "Your Honor, this is a hard-working white man in the community, and innocent." He, he was just trying to. He thump, just thump, thump, innocent. He, he's just. <laughs> He's just trying to he's just trying to put food on the table for his family and make a little money to try to pay the bills for all these lovely children and this miscreant made a deal and broke it and said hell with him and yes your honor giving him a big second smile was Probably a tad expensive, but he'd been drinking, Your Honor, and the man loves his family. <laughs> innocent. <laughs> innocent. Well, no, they didn't do innocent. They put him on probation. <laughs> but oh, he, so, so the West had already fallen by well, that time. But it was like deferred. <laughs> it was like deferred adjudicated probation or whatever. He ended up not, and it wasn't very long. It was like a year's probation <laughs> or something like that. They're like, well, he lived, you know. Let bygones be bygones. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no yeah, real he, harm done. Yeah, yeah. He he. Both of my both of my grandfathers were wild men, very wild men. But uh, yeah, so I don't know how we <laughs> how it got to all that. <laughs> but I'm glad it did. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> there was another one. He uh, he was out driving drunk one night. It was probably like 1949 or 1950. Oh, yeah. And he always had an old pickup, right? And there was a car, and that was Grandma's car. That was the family car. And he drove the pickup, and she drove the car. And, you know, he'd go out, and, like, he'd go running around with it, uh, to wherever his they lived out in this place called Long Lake, which wasn't really a place. There was like a one-room school and a general store there and a bunch of people living on big pieces of land. And most of them were his family, right? And, you know, they all had their own little spread where they did their farming and their various legal and sometimes less than legal activities to make money. And... Mm. You know, like, <laughs> you know, prohibition was a thing for a while, you know. It was their damn land, not anybody's right. business. <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, he'd go over to wherever his brothers and all the people were hanging out, and, you know, they'd shoot dice and uh, drink white lightning and shit like that. <laughs> and he'd always drive his truck. I remember Grandma telling me, it didn't matter how drunk he was. <laughs> it was just like that truck drove itself. He'd always just drive right back into his spot, and he'd come in the house one night. He he was all, he was like, "By God, I pay for both these vehicles. I'm going to drive that car." You know, it was like a like a pretty new uh, like 1960 Ford Fairlane, so a big, big, heavy car, right? And he was driving back home or whatever, drunker than hell. And had a head-on collision with some people on the road. And <laughs> he knew this was bad. Uh, it was a thing that he did not want to be caught doing. And so <laughs> he immediately, he, he bolted from the car so fast that the people that he hit never even saw anybody leave the car. And he hit the woods. He was like eight miles from, or, or so from the house. And he just took off running. And he ran through the woods. In a huge circle, he probably ended up running like 15 miles, right? <laughs> and he ran into the house and took off his clothes and threw them wherever he throws the clothes. And he got in the bed and he told Grandma, <laughs> anybody comes asking, I've been here all night. <laughs> and, and sure enough, you know, in like 1950, shit was a lot slower, right? There, there wasn't any... There wasn't any cell phone for people to call the cops. They got to go and call the cops, and the cops got to come from the county seat. And, all. and then, like, okay, so we got a license plate here. Huh. Let's call back to the station, and they can start looking through the card catalog <laughs> and find out who it was or whatever. And when they came out to the house, knocking on the door and everything, they all got up and like, well, by God, somebody must have stole it. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was going to be. Oh, the witness must have must have written that down wrong. Must have been a uh, must have been a B instead of a P on that. Place. Oh no, there the wasn't wrong guy. No, there wasn't none of that because the car wasn't there. <laughs> the car's still out on the highway, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, I, I like I like that I like that he would always get home uh, with with his truck. I mean, not not in this case because he was doing a little fancy driving. But I like that uh, you know the the truck was his horse, right? You know, it doesn't yeah. matter how drunk he was, his his steed would get him home. <laughs> yeah, it would always pull right back into the exact spot. <laughs> Grandma said. Uh, 
<laughs> every night. And the one time it didn't, it was probably those people. Uh, it's probably those people. Oh, it was that new. It was wrong. that new I beam suspension or whatever they put in them damn fair lanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he had a few pretty interesting wrecks. He had one. Um, oh, probably a few years after that, and it, it's an amazing thing to think of. Um, when you really really like this was in the early or mid 50s and uh he was driving home and something happened and he rolled the car well he had the window down and his arm kind of hanging out the window and it severed his left hand off of his arm Ooh, yeah and and i never knew this until i was like 10 and somebody told me the story because they got him to this hospital in, I think, Gladewater. And my mom, one time, years later, when we drove past the hospital, she pointed at us and said, that's the hospital where they put his hand back on. And I looked at it, and I was like, geez, this is like some Stone Age shit, right? <laughs> yeah. But it was like 1955, and they had some really good surgeon there in this little podunk town that put his hand back on and reconnected all the blood vessels and tendons and nerves and everything, and... And working like new before you know it. You know, I I never even knew. After I got told that story, I I made a point to look, and you could kind of see the scars where, you know, they had stitched his hand back on. And then one other time, um, he was driving out in the country late at night, and uh, some fucking cow walked out on the road, and he had a head-on collision with the cow, and his face hit the steering wheel. It knocked all his teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> he had to have dentures from then on. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that could happen to anybody. But <laughs> wrong place, wrong place, wrong time. Yes, for the cow, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just an unfortunate situation all, all around. All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a, confl- a confluence of unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's Asmador Family History Night. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, well, I think we should probably move on to a thing or two. Um, <laughs> if we must. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let me find this thing and put it in the... Uh, well... Oh, I hate to just play the video because you'll be like 30 seconds behind, but you heard it during the uh, during the intro. I want to talk about that run through whore who was talking about how if you're worried about okay. if you're worried about uh, <laughs> yes, good. I want to talk about this too. If you're worried about a woman having like a four-figure body count, you must have a tiny penis and all this other stuff, right? You must be a two-pump chump. <laughs> the, the, the woman arguments, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I disagree with you, therefore you're, you're PPV tiny. Yeah, I'm I, no good at the sex. I, I'm a slut, so you should feel like a loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's got so many fucking TikToks, though. So. 
Oh, I think I may I may have posted it on Gab. If I did, I can just play it from there. That'll be easier. But we're going to look at some more of her TikToks because uh, <laughs> she's uh, she. Yeah, I do have it on Gab. She's a ridiculous whore uh, in all kinds of ways. But let's watch the video first, and uh, because you know you can hear it, it's one thing, but seeing it is another. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm hollering at OBS. <laughs> okay, it's up there now. I'm going to play it now. Well, I'll tell you what, Ace. Let's try this. I'm going to put a link in here in our thing, and we'll try this thing like they do on the Ralph retort where I'll say three, two, one, play, click play, right? Oh, good. I'm glad we're testing this new format. Live. What do <laughs> yeah. we got here? Okay, it's it's in our our group thing. The, the gap. Okay. Link. Tell me yeah, when you have it up. Yeah, okay, you got the page open. Okay, yeah. hover over that play button and three, two, one, play. One hundred percent of men who are interested in a woman's body count are absolutely fucking trash at sex. They could not find the clit if it was a fucking flashing light on top of their Xbox controller. Could too. For inexperienced women <laughs> who they hope will be okay with whatever like two pump situation they got going on because they haven't had any better. And let's be real. This translates to I want someone who is 18. Positives. Positives. Okay. <laughs> they couldn't find the clit if it was if it was lit up like their video game controller. Where does this even come from? I've never, I've heard this crap all my life. Oh, you can't find the clip. Not people telling me that, but I mean, I've heard that phrase, right? I've read it. I've, uh, I've, yeah. I have, like, I haven't heard, I haven't personally heard women in my life saying it about me or anybody else that I knew. But, you know, just in the culture and everything, I've heard women bitching about shit like that, right? In movies and TV shows and all that. Yeah, I mean, well, it's because they're such spiteful creatures, right? Like they make up, they make up these lies about like the clitoris. And it the ain't hard to orgasm. find. <laughs> it's on the same spot on every one of them, right? Um, maybe I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that I am, but I mean, maybe whoever it is ain't interested in finding it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, why? <laughs> I bet she can find the clit. What's what's the point? I bet she finds the clit daily. What is, what does that do for my orgasm finding right. the clit? Yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like that old joke, you know, a guy brings broad home from uh the bar and he they go to get undressed and when he pulls his pants down he's got like a three inch penis and the woman says, Who do you think you're gonna please with that? He said, Me. But anyway, <laughs> anyway Absolutely. But Already and two pump chump, uh, she's pur purposely trying to inflame the insecurities of simp's and inexperienced guys who are watching this. Um, and, and it's a thing that all these women do. They want you insecure and they want you worried about whether you're pleasing them or not, right? Because. And it doesn't matter if you give them 10 fucking orgasms a day, if other things that you do, if you don't approve of their lifestyle or you don't 
do this or that for them or treat them in a way that they demand or something like that, this is what they want to try to pull on you, right? Right, and and that's the also the self-defeating, uh, you know, the, the twisted irony of this is, uh, yeah, no matter how many orgasms you're giving, the the surefire way to uh, make, a, make sure a woman is never pleased is be... Uh, obsessed with pleasing her and have that be the only thing on your mind. Yeah, and this you can't find the clip. That's just ridiculous because, like I said, it's on, it's on the same spot on every woman. It's right at the top of that thing. <laughs> you know, it's not hidden way, you know. But uh, Right up above that uh, disgusting octopusy part. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, go back to, uh, go back to 23 seconds and let's continue. All Ready? Right. Three, two, one or as close to 18 as I can get because I'm a creepy fucking pedophile and I want to be able to manipulate, control, and gaslight who I'm with. Now, I'm not stopping course, it, but... Have you noticed the glaring if you, if you have sex with an 18-year-old, you're a pedophile? Body count? Can Doesn't we pause seem like here? the same rules yeah. Okay, so so this is what, when I when I heard this in the intro, uh, you know, all, all joking aside, now this, this uh, interests me. What's the dynamic here? Um, where and there are two different sides coming at uh, coming at this uh, issue of, of the woman, right? With the woman and the age and the and the body count, um, you have the side that says, uh, you know, a woman that uh, has been run through. Uh, if you don't want that, then you're a pedophile. That's what this woman well, is saying. You right? want, well, yeah, but I mean, she says you want someone who's 18 years old, which makes you a creepy pu- fucking pedophile. I thought an 18 year old was an adult, and they could do whatever they want. Only when they're signing up for OnlyFans. But the oh. point I'm getting, the point I'm getting at, <laughs> only is, if they're becoming a sex worker, right? <laughs> sex, a sex worker, which is a glorious career. Yeah. And there's no shame at all. Please don't tell my dad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. But you know, that's that's the, that's what she says, right? If you don't uh, if you don't want to uh, have a, a run through woman, then you must be a pedophile. But then there's because the other because people. the only way a woman could possibly not be run through is if she's still a, a child. Exactly, and then <laughs> and, and then you have the uh, supposedly the supposedly base right wing side saying, "Well, I don't want a woman that's uh, run through. I guess I have to be a pedophile. I guess that's my only option. I guess that's the only based trad thing to do is to be a pedophile. Why are these two opposite sides coming to this same wrong bullshit conclusion? Well, I, because because everybody's retarded, right? Um, you know, one thing that I that I've been saying lately because I see, you know, I've got like a lot of the a lot of the mutuals that I have on Gab and places like that they're they're young guys they're zoomers and they're constantly obsessing on this oh I I can't get a girlfriend and blah 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 or I can't find a, a, a an appropriate girlfriend how am I ever going to get a wife and have children and all um and they're talking about they're all they're all repeating this nonsense of that you have to have a virgin and I'm not yeah it would be awesome if we could go back 50 60 years culturally yeah. Where, yeah, it's very likely that, you know, by the time you're uh, graduating high school that you're going to get married to the girl up the, up the street and um, she's either a virgin or you're getting married because you're the only guy she's ever slept with, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not the case anymore. And I'm not saying that, uh, obviously, I, in, I'm in no way saying for you to go out and 
hook up with some run-through whore with a giant body count and all that. But I, I've been pointing out to these, these, like, okay, you know, there's this thing getting in the way of all this, all these narratives that you're hearing from your uh, online influencers and that you're reading on the blogs and things like that. And that thing that's getting in the way more than anything else of you having a girlfriend and perhaps getting a wife, perhaps having a kid or two or whatever, the thing really getting, if that's what you want, the thing getting in the way of that is reality. Because yeah. if, you, if you did not get you a girlfriend in high school, like early in high school, and marry yep. her immediately out of high school, you ain't getting a virgin, buddy. I mean, yeah, sure, there's the rare case here and there where somebody's a member of some really fundamentalist-type church or something, and, you know, the church has... The rules of the church establish a really controlled patriarchal family structure and the and the you know something like pentecostals or like the um, you know the really really fundamentalist sects of uh, uh new versions of baptist churches or something like that where they're like yeah you know don't be don't be spending your time making friends with all these people out in the world this church this is your community and blah 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 like that yeah maybe in a rare case here and there you'll find you you know, you'll be 22, 23 years old and find a woman about that age and she's a virgin and you have to ask her father's permission to even date her <laughs> or something like her. that, right? Yeah. yeah. But but that shit... Fly to them. Shocking. Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't mean to start it. Uh, I, let me back it up. I, I dropped my... Uh, or tipped over my vape onto my laptop thing there. But anyway, um, if you're if you're a grown adult male... And uh, you're interested in, ha in having the company of a woman or a girlfriend or a wife or any of that. Uh, you're going to have to accept the fact that as unideal as you may find it, that uh, you're, you're not the first one to plow that field. Yeah, and... and uh so much so much of this is is reality on reality's terms and i think it's it is the most uh one of the most uh strongest and most recent memory of these jewish uh demoralization ops that are being pushed on us is is this idea that uh okay either uh you got to fuck a 13 year old uh or or uh women are uh Women are, are a lost cause, and uh, the only base thing to do is to shoo women and uh, go your own way. It's such a, it's just so self-defeating and 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 line-ending for for us as a people. It it's it's coming as a narrative from both sides, and it's uh it it leads to the same. Uh, same outcome and that's what that's how you know it's an op when both sides are coming to the same conclusion that's bad for us yeah yeah well um that was kind of a conclusion that i came to all on my own you know but when i was a young man there wasn't all this internet with everybody to give you all these various advices of uh varying <laughs> varying levels of wisdom and so forth um but 
you know, my parents were the boomer generation and they were the first ones to start getting divorced. But the divorce thing wasn't with the boomers wasn't really this huge epidemic thing until I was an adult because I was a very early Gen X. Right. I was born in 66. And uh, like my parents got divorced, but they didn't get divorced until I was in my 20s. Right. Um, and, and I remember how weird it was. Uh, one day I, there was a, a kid at school and uh, in elementary school and he was crying and I was like, what's the matter? And he's like, my parents are getting divorced. And I said, divorced, what's that? And he said, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Da- Absolutely. Da- daddy had to leave the house and mommy and daddy aren't going to be married anymore. I'm like, what? How is this possible? Right. Because I had, I think at that time I had only ever been to one wedding and that was my, my aunt and uncle's wedding when I was like four or five years old. But I remembered clearly, you know, the, the, the preacher, it was very clear. They both had to swear that they were going to be married forever and, uh, they'd be married until death. Right. And, uh, I went home and asked my mom about that. And she went to explain it to me. He's like, yeah, you know, when these people don't want to be married anymore, they go to court and they get a divorce and everything. And, and even as a kid, I I thought to myself, marriage means nothing. I mean, they just lie. They just go up there and they say that. And it's just a lie. If, If you can get out of it like that, then why even promise all that? Right. That's how, that's what I thought at the time. But as I became a young adult, I saw what was going on with all my friends and, and admittedly I I was running with kind of a rough crowd. Right. But this wasn't an unusual thing, no matter what, uh, stratum of society you were in these guys, it it was a, it was a real epidemic among dudes. My age, they thought they all wanted to have a woman and, and, you know, they'd have kids with them and stuff, but they didn't want to go and get married because they felt like, Oh, if I get married, I'm trapped into this thing. Right. Now, you know, I've, I've seen people getting raped and divorced and everything, which it was a retarded thing to think because once you have kids and stuff, you're going to get raped anyway. Right. (laughs) But they would all shack up with some gal. Right. And shortly after they shacked up, the gal would get pregnant and the gal would have the kid. And if they were lucky, it would last long enough that maybe the gal would have two kids, you know, and they would have them rapidly in succession. But it usually happened after the first one. They'd have a kid. And then after a few months of uh, living there with the kid, living together and having a kid, the gal would just they'd come home one day and she'd be gone. You know, she'd gone back to the parents house or she'd run off with some dude or some shit like that. Right. And then the next thing you know, they'd get served with court papers, right? And these these dudes would have been already just like voluntarily giving them money for diapers and baby food and all that shit, right? But they'd get served with court papers. And they'd have court-ordered um, uh, child support. And they'd base it on whatever money they made. And, and, you know, most of these guys that I knew, like me, they worked at these factories building air conditioners. And, and uh, for the longest, it was a real seasonal thing. You'd, it, you'd start working in the spring, and towards the middle of the fall, everybody get laid off. And depending on what the economy was like, if you were low men on totem pole, when they went to calling everybody back and you know, you'd be on unemployment for six months or whatever. 
And if you were a low man on the totem pole, you wouldn't even get called back, and you'd have to go find some other job, and it'd be doing something somewhere that wasn't union, and you wouldn't be making half of what you made before. And these dudes, would, they'd go to the court and say, hey, uh, I don't even make as much as what you are uh, having me uh, pay on this child support over here. And uh, and the court, the judge would be like, mm, should have thought about that situation before you made them babies, right? Yeah. And these bitches were like, they'd be living up in whatever, half the time living up in whatever house that they had lived in before. The dude was the one who ended up having to leave. And they'd move some other fucking guy in there with them, and he'd be in there. And their kids would be living there, and it would be some kind of a fucking uh, scene every time they'd go to pick up their kids on the weekend. And they, they'd do everything they could to make a big deal out of it or to try to screw them out of getting them and all that, just to fuck with the guy, right? And then, when they couldn't pay their child support, they'd come grab them and throw them in jail. They had a whole wing of the jail that was just for dudes that were behind on their child support. And they'd hmm. throw them in there and they couldn't make bail. And they would and they they had they they wouldn't go to like to regular court. They had this circuit court that would travel around. It was from you know it came out of the attorney general, the state attorney general's office. And it would come like every few months. <laughs> And these dudes would be stuck in jail, and they'd lose their job, and they'd lose their house, and they'd lose their car. And the judge would come, and, and the whole time, the child support bill is racking up and up and up and up. It doesn't stop because they've been arrested. And so the bill's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day they come along, and they're like, okay. And they call out all the names of all these dudes that are in there, and they take them to the... Uh, child support court and they'd say okay you owe this month this much and you've got this long to pay it and it'd be like a month <laughs> you know to pay back five figures of money and be like yeah but you've held me in here all this time and i lost my job and then yeah well better get out the bootstraps buddy better figure it out right <laughs> and they'd get out and sure enough they couldn't do it so they'd throw them back in and this time when they threw them back in They'd throw them back in, and they had to sit for a minimum six months. And then when they let them out again, they'd tell them the same thing, and it had gone up to a way higher figure. And they'd give them like a month or 60 days or whatever to pay it, to get it all caught up. And when they couldn't do that, they'd throw them back in there. What the hell? Yeah, and they'd say, we're not going to let you out until this gets paid. And they're like, well, how am I supposed to pay this with uh, me locked up in here? I'm like, I don't know. You figure it out. And what it is is they're holding a family member hostage for your parents or whoever to pay it. Right? Mm. Yeah. So that's the angle. Yeah. I was wondering what the, what, the, what the angle was here. And the thing after that... If you just absolutely refused, the only way that you could get out of it was to get a felony record where they'd send you and you'd go to like uh, six months to two years in a state jail and you didn't have any right to see your kids anymore but you, and you had a felony record, but you didn't have to pay child support no more. Yeah. Right? You hear that fucking shit? Oh, Raleigh. Hold on. Vamanos. Hold on. 
<laughs> so the mic has been uh, muted so that uh, you, the audience, unfortunately will not be able to hear the torrent of uh, potent racial slurs that are being yelled outside the window. But uh, I tell you what, if you super chat enough, we might might get him to turn that mic back on. Well, whatever it was moved along faster than <laughs> fast enough that I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> anyway, so you know, I saw all this shit, and I saw, and and most of these dumb motherfuckers, they would get into a situation like that, and the bitch would run off and leave with their kids and stuff, and the next thing you know, they, you know, like I remember that in particular this one friend of mine. When I met him, he had his old lady. Uh, that's all you can call it, because it's not your fucking girlfriend no more when you're living together and you got a kid, right? It's beyond that. But you didn't marry her, so she's not your wife. It's your old lady. That used to, that was a real common term back then, right? Yeah, we didn't we didn't have baby mama back then. Right, it's your old lady. And uh, his old lady got tired of him one day and took his kid. And moved off to Mississippi, where her mother lived. <laughs> and ended up shacking up with a black guy. <laughs> sure she did. Yeah. yeah. And, but she's gone for a couple of months. And one Saturday morning, I drive by his house. And I knock on the door and I walk inside. And he's sitting there at the kitchen table. This fucking bitch comes walking out, and I'm like, oh, so, you know, he got him a little tail last night, whatever. Well, no, she's moving in. And I was like, well, damn, the next thing you know, she's pregnant, right? And he's going through all this again. And when that baby was about six months old, she disappeared. But at least this time, she was such a piece of shit that she took the baby over to his... Uh, parents house and said here take the baby I, I i can't handle this and disappeared off to who knows where and the and the dude had to both work and deal with the baby right oh a happy ending right well yeah happier than <laughs> could have been right but yeah. but you know these people would go through these cycles over and over and over and they you know they'd work their ass off all the time they'd never have anything oftentimes they'd be in and out of jail uh, the these every ex that they had would make their lives miserable forever. It wasn't enough to leave them, you know. They had to hate them forever, and I didn't want anything to do with any of that shit. And I wasn't an incel. I I was a guy who considered all these women whores and treated them as such, right? <laughs> and that changed when um, I've told this before. That changed when uh, the first time I went to prison, when I um, I turned 30 in prison. Of course, I wasn't going around telling all the prisoners, hey, it's my 30th birthday, let's have a party or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I turned 30 in prison. You know, turning 30 is a big milestone, right? Yeah. And so I was very depressed. I was like, how did it come to this, <laughs> right? Yeah, I had some time to do some thinking. And... Uh, and, and I sat there on my 30th birthday thinking, well, you know, the reason that it's all that it's come to this is because I didn't listen to my grandparents and my parents and the people at the church and all that. When I get out, I, by God, I'm going to do what they say. I, I'm going to get out and I'm going to, I'm going to fly right. I'm going to get me a job 
and I'm going to work at it, and I'm going to get me a place, I'm going to find me a nice girl, and uh, I'm going to make it work one way or another, I'm going to get married to that girl, and blah, 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 and it was all great shit except for the I'm going to get a nice girl part, because the girls had changed, the advice of these elder generations did not hold up. <laughs> to dealing with these women, right? <laughs> and I knew this, but you know, I was in I was in such a bad way that I was like, well, every thought that you ever had must have been wrong because you ended right. up here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, you know. Anyway, yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad. I mean, not to say that there weren't good times with her and stuff, but oh boy, were there lots of bad ones. And you know, mm-hmm. she. And and I thought I had done perfect. Her grandpa was a preacher. Her father was a part-time pre- preacher. Her brother was a preacher. Her mother worked at the church. Yeah, in terms of pedigree, sounds promising. She dragged me right back into every bad fucking habit that I have. And I don't mean like she made my life so miserable that I thought, oh, I got to go get drunk and do drugs. It's like, no. Turns out that's what she was into. (laughs) And she was into a lot of other things, too. And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm bagging on her so bad or anything, because I did care about her, you know, and all that. But it it was a long and rocky relationship that, uh, all things considered, there was a lot more bad than there was good. But I, I tolerated a lot more than I should have because of that idea that i had at the time of i'm going to find a nice one and i'm going to make it work and you know and she was she was cute and pretty and had a had a a very charming personality and all that so that made it all that much harder to uh see things as they were at times you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely and i mean you know that's uh Again, you don't need the internet for this, but it's hyper accelerated on the internet. Where uh, you're you're not alone. A, a lot of a lot of men reach a certain point in their life where they go, "Boy, you know, I I really should time to straighten up and fly right, and I gotta I gotta settle down." And you know, my instincts have been uh, wrong, running around, you know, being wild the way I have been, and you know, part of that is going to be, you know, I gotta be a man, I gotta sacrifice, I gotta maybe not listen to some of my instincts and i gotta make this work and yeah. uh, a lot a lot of people and, and i'd suspect many of those people that you described in that cycle of those relationships probably have some of that psychology going uh on in that as well that uh you know i'm i'm the man i gotta make this work and uh i'm gonna put up with uh, uh some of these womanly quirks of hers but uh you know the I guess what I'm getting at is uh you it's it's not just oh uh you know you're a simp uh if you if you treat a woman with any respect but it's also not boy it's up to me no matter what to make this work and I got to put up with whatever this woman uh is is into and about yeah yeah well I'll tell you what uh let me back this up a little bit because it kept playing um go back to uh 31 seconds Tell me when you're there. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, play. Glaring gap in TikTok videos that are talking about men's body count doesn't seem like the same rules apply to them. Shocking. Pause it. The the, the same rules don't apply to us. That's just how it goes. And I know there's probably going to be people in the audience 
men in the audience who are going to moral fag at me about this, coming at me from some <coughs> Christian perspective or something like that. It's a sin for you to fornicate, same as her. Well, maybe so, but it's different. <laughs> it is. It's very no, I'm different. La- I'm, I'm laughing, but it is, it is true. Just it's, one of the, one of the countless ways that the sexes are different. Well, you know, the old saying, a key that opens many locks is valuable, but a lock that is opened by many keys is worthless. Very true. But a master key. But the thing is, and here's another thing, and I, I, I generally hate it, whether it's on the left or the right, when people say, well, you know, studies show. But this is a, an important studies show type thing because it, it lines up perfectly with uh, everything that I've seen in my life in, in dealing with, uh, you know, I've, I've had, uh, I've had uh, relationships with more than one woman. I, um, you know, like I say, I, I was never happy just treating women like whores. I, I, I've always naturally been a guy that wanted to be in a relationship with one woman, and I've tried it more than once, Ace. <laughs> <sighs> and I would probably oh, try it again. Oh, Lord, right? Lord how I've tried, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'll, given the opportunity, I'll probably try it again. But, um, and surely that work this Jones- time. Play that Alex Jones clip because uh, because I'm stupid. I'm a I'm a little retarded. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's bound to work this time, Ace. Yeah. But uh, but anyway. Um, oh, what the fuck? Was, oh yeah, the studies, and these studies line up perfectly with what I've observed with my own two eyes and experience is that men can have relationships with with multiple women and still form a close romantic love bond with lots of uh, uh, loyalty and and all that with a woman. But women can't. Every man that a woman has a relationship with and her ability to bond with a partner goes way down. Yeah. And and I I agree, you know, but don't want to be the people going look at the science look at the science but i mean it's great that there is studies that show that but it's it's also just inherently very very observable yeah yeah all right let's uh we're at uh 38 let's i know we're stopping it like every five seconds but this bitch is packing a lot into this all right uh three Two, one, play. And the fact that we're using the terminology body count is really dehumanizing and like saying that women are ruined after they sleep with men as if like you're a piece of fucking produce. Like you're not an object. You are a full human being. And it also makes me think, you know, if a woman is ruined after sleeping with men, then seems like men are the fucking problem. This all revolves around the fact that men are such fragile little fucking flowers and they can't deal with the feelings of inadequacy and jealousy that arise if a woman has slept with more people than he has or in general, you know, has existed before him. The reality is we live in a patriarchal society where we still don't even know. Pause it. This is such a fucking patriarchal society that all these women are running around hopping from cock to cock to cock to cock to the point that uh, 
women now have far more sexual partners than men do, right? Uh, and you're like, how is that possible? It's almost a perfect 50-50 split population-wise between men and women. Well, it's because all these women are going after the, the same bunch of guys, right? Yep. And there's all these other guys that in a sane society where people were expected to get married and stay married and all that, they, all these women would be pairing up with men who are on the same level as them, right? But since they're not trying to... Uh, uh, since it's okay to fuck and fuck and fuck and fuck for these women... They all go and they throw themselves at these dudes that are a lot more high value than they are. Or, in some cases, th they throw themselves at dudes who have no interest in uh, anything more than a hookup or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm the one. He's going to stick with me. And they pump them and dump them. And they go on and do the same thing over and over. And all these all these other guys who would be good partners for them, who uh, would be like, yeah, let, you know, let's get together. Let's get married. I'll support you. And, uh, I'll stay with you and all that. They're totally not interested in that. Right. Right. Because they think they're going to get that out of these out of these bad boys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hypergamy be real. Yeah. 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 And so. It's such a patriarchal society that she's sitting here talking about how she has all this many more partners in her past than these fucking men. And that shouldn't be a problem for them that she has more partners than them. But at the same time, the fact that they have less partners than her means that they can't please her and they're too that they can't find the clitoris and they're two pump chumps and they're insecure and they don't know anything about women's anatomy and it's on and on and on and on and on. And here she is on TikTok. And when I show you her fucking TikTok page, I, I, I want to know what a patriarchal society it is where this bitch is making a wonderful living just doing these TikToks, getting hundreds of thousands of fucking views per TikTok talking shit on men like this constantly okay let's uh we're at uh one minute 18 seconds you there let me check yes okay three two one go oh so much about women's anatomy and pleasure like a dude can very easily self-report walk in get some fucking viagra from his doctor but it takes on average over nine years for a woman to get diagnosed with endometriosis which is an extremely painful condition so not only does misogyny and the patriarchy like fuck with dating relationships women's um sexual pleasure but it's also a, like a health epidemic and there also is something to be said for the fact that men just cannot come to grips with the fact that women should have equal sexual power so the okay stop men can't come to grips with the fact that women should have equal sexual power if we if we reset the playing field where women had equal sexual power, they would 
scream and raise hell and set fire to themselves in protest of all the sexual power that had been taken away from them. (laughs) Women have all the sexual power now. Ever since we uh, got rid of the institution of marriage as it was understood traditionally for thousands of years... And ever since we made it so that it was okay to go around and do free love and sleep around and all that, women have, at least in heterosexual circles, women have 100% been the ones who decide who gets sex and how much and what quality. 100% the deciders. So where is all this uh, lack of sexual equality that they have? Where's all this sexual power that we have over women? Right. Well, I mean, these this is the uh, this is the clown world uh, that we live in, right? Where we live in this world where we're told that uh, the patriarchy, men have all the power, and white supremacy, white people have all the power in society. And then we just have example of example of example ground into our face through our lived experience every day how neither of these things are, are true. And in fact, the exact opposite is true. But the, the loudspeakers are still on every lamppost on the street blaring that, uh, you know, don't believe your experience and your lying eyes. It's actually we live in a white supremacist patriarchal society. Yeah, because if you do anything other than the thing that I'm about to say that's the only piece of sexual power that a man has. If you do anything to exert sexual power over a woman... Go to jail. Yeah. You're a rapist, right? Yep. But the only sexual power that men have at this time is the thing that's got her so upset right now, and that is that obviously, at some point preceding Mm -hmm. this video some guy that she was into they had a discussion maybe they weren't even having a discussion i've seen bitches who will sit there right in front of right in front of their uh current boyfriend or whatever and start talking about sexual experiences that they had had with other men in the past and stuff right Mm -hmm. and uh But it, for what, it, however it happened, sexual history came up, and this dude was like, "Yeah, I don't want to be with you. You're you're a run through fucking whore." I, I'm sorry, you know. He might have been more polite about even it, even if that. he was nice about it. Yeah. Sure. And he's like, "Yeah, sorry. Um, I just, you know, uh, these aren't my values. I don't think this is going to work out." And that's the only sexual power that you've got is to be like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, I'm going to deny, you know, you, you know, it looks like we're on the verge of having some kind of a thing here. And based on, based on what we know about one another, uh, uh, yeah, I'm calling it quits on this. This ain't going to work. And oh boy, is she upset. She's so upset that she's gone through all this nonsense, right? I mean, look how nonsensical. She says a man can just go to the doctor and get a prescription of Viagra like it's nothing, but it takes up to X amount of time to diagnose this fucking condition that's way up inside of a woman that could be a million things. 
uh, that they probably don't even know they have until it's advanced or something like that. Dude, why shouldn't it be easy to get... I mean, I'm not saying that everybody should be getting Viagra one way or another. I have no opinion on that, right? But if your dick quits work and you're like, okay, I have a problem and I know what it is. My dick doesn't get hard. And then you go to the doctor and you're like, hey, doctor... My dick quit getting hard. Okay, well, let's real quick, let's check and see if your heart's okay. Yeah, your heart's okay. Here, I got it. they got these little blue pills. Have some blue pills. Thanks, Doc. You know? Yeah. And she's talking, she's, she's acting like that it's some kind of patriarchal discrimination against women that some fucking internal gynecological condition that they may not even know that they have doesn't get diagnosed just by walking into the fucking doctor's office one day. It's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Oh, my, you have this fucking shit here. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's easier to tell that a boner's not going up than uh, that you oh, have irregular... Oh, look, yeah. I mean... Irreg- that, that, you, that you have irregular uh, growths in your uterus. This is clearly a symptom of the patriarchy uh, grinding these, these women into paste because it uh, just doesn't care. But uh, yeah. I, would, I would imagine, and I have to imagine, but I would imagine that the first time that you go to have sex with a female and your dick won't work, you're like, okay, there's a problem. I, and when I go to the doctor, I know exactly how to describe this problem. Hey, doc, my dick doesn't work. Hmm. I went to have sex with, uh, with my partner and my penis would not become erect. Hmm. Well, you must. That's called ED. (laughs) You know, (laughs) haven't you seen that commercial on TV? Viva Viagra. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's literally a pill. We'll get you the generic one. They uh, sell it for for seventy cents. You can buy it off of uh, any website. Some Indian doctor will write you a prescription over the web. It's that easy to diagnose. Yeah. But so, yeah, so she's just wrapping all this shit into some dude turning her down because she thinks that it's her right to be a slut, which in this society it is. It is her right to be a slut. But, you know, it's it's just like the same thing. Any type of perverse or anti-traditional behavior that people engage in that on some deeper level they know is wrong or immoral, it's not enough to allow them to do it. Right to give just give them the absolute freedom to behave whatever way they want. They also have to have the tyrannical, autocratic power to force you to approve of it and behave accordingly in the way that they want. So, see, it's not enough that she slept with five hundred guys, but this. But now that she's. Uh, hitting the wall or post wall or whatever and has this giant body count and she's wanting to settle down with some nice guy and he finds out about her body count what fucking right does he have to be like well wait no i don't sorry i don't want to follow all these guys i'm 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 striking out for fresh territory i'm not i'm not looking to walk down the road so heavily traveled (laughs) Who is it, uh, James Joyce? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that road less traveled. <laughs> it wasn't James Joyce. I think it might have been. Uh, oh yeah. I'm, I think it might have been. Uh, 
Uh, oh, fucking that fucking Irish guy. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> James Joyce. <laughs> well, he's Irish too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but not. No, it wasn't him. James Joyce is the James Joyce is the man who tortured all literature students forevermore by writing the absolutely horrible Ulysses. All right. Robert Frost. <laughs> Robert Frost. There you go. Robert Frost. He was American. Uh, poet laureate. Anyway. Okay. I think he was an American. An Irish American. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, we've just got a few seconds left of this. No matter what she says, we're going to let this conclude. Uh, we're at uh, 1 minute 50 seconds. Is that where you are? Yeah, let's go. Okay, three, two, one, go. Body count that should matter, my friends, is how many people you fucking murdered. Um, Hopefully the answer is none, though I will say y'all are testing me right now. 100% Okay, (laughs) the only body count that should matter is how many people you've murdered. Uh, How many babies have you murdered, bitch? Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm sitting there thinking, right? She's got herself perfectly positioned here to look as good as possible. But as you'll see in some of her other TikToks, and I'm not even saying that if this was a nice woman, that I wouldn't, right. that I wouldn't date her in the uh, state of plumpness that she's obviously in. <laughs> right? <laughs> but when they're, when they're this fucking catty and acting like they're this fucking hot and this fucking smart, and how dare a motherfucker not approve of every single of thing i ever did you know not just overlook it but approve it don't you understand that the dozens and hundreds of multicolored penises that have penetrated my every orifice and been rubbed over every square centimeter of my body that that's all a benefit to you (laughs) right yeah, I mean, it does go back to your point, uh, and, and this is uh, this is consent culture, right? Where uh, everything has to be about consent, but the, uh, the one cardinal sin is exp- is expressing, no, I don't consent to uh, dip myself in the toxic cesspool that is whatever left uh, of you after you're through finding yourself and want to settle down. Yeah, well, I just dro- dropped you another link in the. Uh thing there ace and that is the link to her tiktok page and she is kiki may 612 okay and as you can see let me know when you're on the page yeah i'm looking at it as you can see she's got it says she's got 60.4 k followers but you go down here and yeah some of her videos don't have all that many views but she's got some pretty i think she's taken down a bunch of the viral ones because when i was looking at this yesterday she had videos that had like nine hundred ninety thousand views and she, like here's one three hundred forty four thousand views Smashing the patriarchy one ding dong at a time yeah um uh, but let, let's look at some of some of the uh, some of the um, uh, subjects of her, her video. She's got a series going on here. It starts with "Men are Ding Dongs," abortion edition. Then she says, "Men are Ding Dongs," a series, part one. "Men are Ding Dongs," a series, part two. "Men are Ding Dongs," a series, part three. "Women don't owe men shit." Men are ding-dongs, a series. 
Men are ding dongs. A series part. So apparently, she's got more than one series titled "Men Are Ding Dongs." Men are ding dongs. Yeah. A series. They're just tons of them. Uh, female privilege is a myth. Part one. Female privilege is a myth. Part two. Female privilege is a myth. Final part. And uh, let's see what else do we have. Women don't need to be nice to men. You're missing. You're missing the other playlist. Abortion rights. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. On on um, her playlist, she's got abortion rights and men are ding dongs. I'm going through the th- the actual video thumbnails down here. And uh, I mean, just how many videos? Uh, there's dozens of them in here titled "Men Are Ding Dongs," right? Um, oh, but hey, don't worry. She also has a video series of three parts debunking somebody that made fun of uh, Dylan Mulvaney, the Bud Light tranny. So don't worry. She's completely a piece of garbage. Right. Men are ding-dongs, gamer bro edition. Um, (laughs) Blaming women. So original. Man says single mothers are the worst parents on the planet. Men are not naturally attracted to younger women. They're purposely targeting women to control. Uh, and then you get down further. More men are ding-dongs. And she's got them all. Number, uh, how many men are ding-dongs number two are you going to have? How many men are ding-dongs number three? Wouldn't you start with men are ding-dongs? And if you've got like 30 of them, the, the, the most recent one would be men are ding-dongs number 30. Uh just on and on and on this I keep scrolling down more men are ding dongs. Um Yeah, this this uh this woman certainly doesn't give a great argument for why uh men should be controlling women. <laughs> yeah, and and she's got videos de- defending these queer books and all this other shit. And the thing is like if you click on any of these videos and you get a good look at her. Um, she appears to... It, it's, it's so sad that she's allowed to have her own thoughts and make her own decisions and stuff. Because it, she's got a very nice particular set of genes. She's, you know, she appears to be a natural redhead. And she's got real pretty green eyes and, and fair skin and all that. She should have been married 13, 15 years ago. And pumping out babies and not, you know, getting all this graffiti stenciled into her skin and having all these stupid opinions and, but, that, right. and, not, and not, not even as a joke, like imagine, you know, not even as a, oh, women are only good for babies kind of like, you know, it, not coming at it from that angle, but just, you know, we've all just watched this video of her being so so bitter and and angry and and that's what all of these videos are and that's what all i mean i'm just i'm just going over highlighting them seeing them play a few seconds and it's all of this just sort of you know uh eye eye twitching uh female rage how much happier would this woman be if she got married had a couple kids uh you know got to raise a family how much you know how much? Yeah, how much didn't sit around. Didn't be? sit around all the time dwelling on how the world has fucked her over because she's not the queen of it. Yeah, 
absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing, ladies. If you marry a guy and you're good to him, you know, I mean, of course, you got to you got to have a different set of priorities than most women have when they're choosing dudes now. But you marry a guy because he's uh, intelligent and loyal and he seems like someone who will be a good provider and who will treat you well and who will be a good father and all that. And you have a, good, a, a few kids with him and, and you be someone who supports him and, and uh, helps facilitate his life in a way that makes it easier for him to go to work and do well and you take good care of his children and all that. Then you actually are the queen of something. Well, yes, but counterpoint, and here's the title of one, <laughs> one of her one of her videos: "Silly hashtag Republicans, this world ain't for hashtag kids, hashtag pro-choice, hashtag feminism, yeah. hashtag forced birth, uh-huh. hashtag liberal, hashtag abortion, hashtag capitalism, hashtag patriarchy, hashtag LGBTQIA, hashtag child free, hashtag child free by choice." So how about that stupid man yeah yeah she's uh she's ruined she's totally ruined and like and like i said and and i don't mean to say this in a callous way when i say i mean when i look at her even in the videos where she's kind of plump and she's not in all of them she's obviously one of these women whose weight fluctuates right but no matter what her weight is in these She's a cute gal. Like I said, she's got pretty red hair. Of course, you know, she might be enhancing of a color. But in every one of the videos, she's got real pretty green eyes. You know, greener than most, right? I guess that could be contacts, but in some of the videos, she's wearing glasses, (laughs) right? But uh, with the right attitude and, uh, you know, lack of a body count and settling down young and everything... Yeah, she could have made a very, I'm not talking about personality one. She could have made a very good wife and mother if she wasn't an insane feminist bitch. <laughs> and could have, had a very, could have had a very happy life. And I don't give a fuck how much money she makes on these TikToks. I, oh, yeah, look, here's, a bit, here's one with a million views. Just imagine what she made off one with a million views. And right next to it, 104,000 views, 131,000 views. You know, uh, <laughs> she's... No matter how much money she makes off of this, and no matter how many upvotes she gets, and no matter how many you go girl comments she gets, this bitch is not happy. And that comes across so clearly in these videos. Yeah, that uh, all the uh, all the ad share revenue has clearly not bought any amount of peace of mind or happiness or comfort. Just just uh, just just anger. Yeah, all Anger she's and bitterness. All she's getting is dopamine. That's it. Dopamine doesn't last. And neither 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 will what's left of her her attractiveness and and yeah. good genes Sick, and all that. Sicky race hater saying I'm a sucker for them redheads. I would say the same thing if she was a pretty blonde or a pretty brunette with pretty blue eyes or or whatever, right? I'd say the same thing. And, yeah, I mean, I think redheads are, are attractive when it's an attractive redhead. There's a type of redhead that's very unattractive. 
<laughs> but, and, and, you know, God bless them. They can't help it. <laughs> but Well, redheads are the true uh, most valuable global minority, and that's why they're being replaced in in all of uh, all of our movies. Yeah, because, I, uh, I, ta- the Jew, I talk the about them. the redhead. I talk about them a lot because I refer to the, the most significant and longest-running relationship that I had. I refer to the young lady as my little redheaded girl, but I don't have a fetish for redheads or whatever. But I just do think just just a healthy appreciation. Oh, absolutely! I do think yeah. a pretty a pretty redhead is definitely something that sticks out. But uh, anyway, well, I guess that brings us to the end of our first half there. Um. <laughs> who knows maybe we'll get lucky and she'll do a reaction <laughs> to this talking about what a small dick two pump chump I must be who can't find the clit and then he said he did. and then I will issue the challenge yes I will find your clit and if I find it I get to hook up a 9 volt battery to it um, <laughs> and we will, we will give you we will give you the uh slut version of electroshock therapy until it makes a good woman out of you <laughs> gonna need a, gonna need a bigger nine volt <laughs> <laughs> well i'm probably gonna need a lot of them yeah well you know it's 2023 maybe i'll hook it up to a solar panel or a windmill or something she should that should make her happy it'll be green oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's I don't think China has enough rare earth metals to mine to uh, power all those solar power uh, solar panels that she'd need. Well, I mean, not you know, it might not work, but not for lack of trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let me open up the thing that's got all the chats in it and we'll read them all right here we go here we go for 25 dollars federale said r.i.p jimmy buffett white men are amazing thank you federale and for ten dollars uncle ted says some people claim that there's a woman to blame but i know it's the jews well i mean so true that's well that's that's a bold claim (laughs) that's as John Travolta's character said when the the drug dealer told him he had better heroin than they had in Amsterdam. Mm, that's a bold claim. Uh, <laughs> I watched Pulp Fiction again recently. First I time do that. First time in about 20 years. I'm, I, I am uh, very, very critical of most of uh, Tarantino's movies. I think he's the most overrated director in Hollywood. But... When he makes a good one, he makes a good one. Ooh, that's, yeah, and that's I, a good one. I, I should watch them again because the last time I watched them was uh, several several noticings and revelations ago. So I, I wonder how I would uh, how they would hold up for myself personally. Well, you know, Hate Farmer and I covered a story last night that made me think of pulp fiction immediately i'm trying to scroll up here we're not going to cover it again but i just want to i want to read the headline um (laughs) i may have gone past it hold on try this again
Yeah, here it is. Man jailed for raping masked intruder in home. And, like, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was bring out the gimp, right? <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like this guy, uh, he's going around, he's going to burglarize a house, you know, and he puts on a mask and he has a knife and everything. And he breaks into the house and they come out, or the guy comes out and beats him in the head with a baseball bat and then uh, zip ties his hands and feet and pulls his pants down and ass rapes him till he's dead and takes him and throws him out by the dumpster and puts some blankets over him. Boom, <laughs> life comes at you fast, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out the gimp. Yeah, he didn't know he, he didn't know he was breaking into Zed's place, right? <laughs> okay, but back to the back to the chats. Thank you, Uncle Ted. For $25, Bear for All Seasons said happy anniversary to my mom and dad. 45 years and going strong. 07 to them and all the true ones out there. Yes, once again, happy anniversary to Bear for All Seasons. Lovely parents yes. and everyone in the chat throw up an 07 for his uh, parents 45th wedding anniversary and we wish them many many more happy many, anniversaries many more. Uh, for five dollars garen said five dollars thank you garen for $25, Federale said, Tony Castle Doctrine, slay, shovel, shut up. Yeah, yeah, you got you to gotta do the shovel part. You can't just rape a home intruder to death and then think you're going to get by with throwing him out by the apartment dumpster and putting a few blankets over him. I mean, somebody's going to notice that. <laughs> the, the, on, the only thing he did wrong in that situation was not using the shovel. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> well, the, I, I kind of agree with the judge. Um, you know, he convicted him of raping the guy. He's like, yeah, that's totally wrong. But he threw out the manslaughter charges for killing him with the baseball bat. It's like, yeah, you totally have the right to kill somebody when they come in your house, but not to rape them. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, mm, I've been waiting for another one to break in the house. Mm. Um, shouldn't have broken in his house. I mean, I, and, you know, I, I, maybe I wouldn't have done things the same way, but I'm not going to begrudge any man his own home defense system. <laughs> well, <laughs> had he lived, that probably would have set him on the straight and narrow from burglarizing houses. Straight? The, the funny thing was, <laughs> at the end, they provided two numbers for counseling for rape victims. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally bet every fucking... Well, this guy, he wasn't a burglar. He was a home invader. Like, he came rushing in the place and with a knife going, motherfucker, where's all the, where's all the stuff? He's like, it's right here. Bam! <laughs> oh, all the stuff. It must be right here between your butt cheeks buddy but um uh they had this number at the bottom that you know if you've been a victim of rape call this number or this number like, yeah yeah uh, pe fucking armed home invaders who get ass fucked are totally gonna call these numbers <laughs> yes uh well the thing is <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, for one dollar, the Reverend Chad Kroger says, I've been a blackout drunk since 1984. Two degrees, three decent daughters, 30-year happy marriage. I banged her jungle boogie style tonight in the cornfield under a bright moon. I think I lost my cocaine bag. That bitch will kill me if she finds it before we go to church with the fam. If I could do. And he ran out of uh, characters there. Thank you, Reverend Chad. And another one from the Reverend Chad Crow for a dollar. Dad and Army in the early 60s went through windshield. They put my, they put face back together with scrotal and thigh tissue. Wow. Well, they... they they put his face back together with nutsack skin. I never heard of that. Uh, where, where did it come from? Well, scrotal tissue would be nutsack tissue. No, who's nutsack? Oh, oh. <laughs> this this was before the uh, this was before the trans surgery, so I can't imagine there were a lot of harvested uh, nutsacks on the market. Well, I mean, it could it could have been people who got uh, sentenced to prison for pedophilia and part of you know took the voluntary orchiectomy in hopes of early parole. <laughs> I remember, you know, they give you a handbook when you go to prison, right? And, uh, you know, it's got all the prison rules and stuff in it. And I was reading, and the prisoners never read it. But anytime there's a handbook for anything that I'm involved in, I always read it. Like, you know, it's always to your advantage to do so. Like when I, when I worked for uh, the factory as a union guy, um, they didn't even hand out the book. You know, the book is supposed to be something that you get when they bring you into the union. Is that you making noise, Ace? Yeah, I was just walking. Oh, okay. Around. Well, I'm sorry. With all the crap going on outside, the the noise is so hyper realistic in my earphones. I was like, "Damn, is somebody outside there again?" It's okay. It's okay. Normally, that's it wouldn't the, bother me. That's the first time time somebody's accused my Hello Kitty headset of being hyper realistic. So thank you. Well, it's my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, um, uh, you're welcome. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Man like they, they pass, you know, they pass out the book, uh, or they're supposed to. They didn't even pass it out where I was. But I, I saw one sitting on a workstation one day, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll take this and I'll grab this." And I go through, and it's like, "Damn, they're making me do all kinds of stuff that the union says I don't have to do." And there's other stuff that the union says if they make me do it, they have to pay me extra. And and you know I I did the same thing on the prison thing. You know, learn what the rules are and try not to break them if you want to get out. Well, there was a section where it said orchiectomy, and I'd never heard that term. Orchiectomy is the medical term for castration, right? That's that's the castration surgery is called an orchiectomy. And it says if you've been convicted of rape or child molestation or whatever, you can volunteer. It says we can't force you to do it, and a judge can't sentence you to it, but you can volunteer to have an orchiectomy. However, there is no guarantee that you will get early parole if you get the orchiectomy. They're implying that you might, right? And right. <laughs> how pissed they, off? They, they, how they, pissed off would you be if you were in there for something like statutory rape or whatever? And you're, and they're like, oh, they gave me thirty years. You know, okay, okay, cut my balls off. I won't be a danger to society anymore. And they cut your balls off. And thirty nine years later, you walk out. You did your whole fucking forty years. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying they don't deserve it, but uh, anyway, anyway uh, he goes on to Reverend Chad goes on to say, Mom quit college. 
Then dad's mother died. They sucked it up, got married, broke in their teens. I was born for the dirty 1965. Mom was virgin, Mrs. Kroger virgin. Daughter's not whores, and he ran out of letters again. <laughs> Maybe there's another. Let's see. Uh, nope. We got a dollar from, uh, and thank you, Reverend Chad. We got a dollar from Uncle Ted. Says she has a face built for whiskey fueled domestic violence. <laughs> well, don't all the Irish girls. Uh, it's part of the evolutionary cycle. Uh, That's why I'm so damn attracted to yeah, it's, it's called, uh, it's called, uh, you know, adaptation to the. <laughs> The, we, the weaker the weaker facial structures died out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I want to remind everybody before we go to break, make sure that you have joined the official crypto report on Telegram. I'm planning on doing the uh, Sunday afternoon call-in special tomorrow, but I'm still in the midst of a heat wave. So I can't guarantee that we'll do it. Uh, I, it, during the middle of the day, it is just so hot in here. Turning off the air conditioner and stuff is just not an option. I, I, I may try to do it the way I did it last week, though that was a very, very poor way to do it. I did it uh, in the other room with a little cheap-ass headset on. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'll do that again, or I may... I don't know. I, I was going to say I may do it later, but like Sunday night is a bad time to do a late anything where you're where what you're the whole point of doing it is audience participation because late on Sunday night you don't. But but it's Sunday night for Labor Day, so maybe that'll be a good time. Right. Yeah, maybe I mean, we'll do yeah. it later tomorrow night. I'll make an announcement early in the day tomorrow, one way or the other. But uh, post my all my links in there, guys. Uh, the link to that, all it, it, it's in the uh, description of the show. I believe allmylinks.com forward slash Esmond or something like that. Yeah, Reseater's got it. All right, cool, cool, cool. Okay, well, we're going to take a break now. It's a good one. And when we come back, we've got some more fun stuff to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more fun than orchiectomies? More fun than orchiectomies. Uh, we've got... Um, that's a big claim. We'll see if it pays off. That's a bold claim. <laughs> we, we've, got, uh, we've got stories about fools dying in the wilderness. We've, <laughs> we've got stories about uh, feather Indian human remains that weren't there. Hmm. And we have a really serious story about the ATF getting up to naughty, naughty shenanigans, if you can believe that. And a few other things. <sighs> not saying we're going to cover them all, but these are among the possibilities. So, don't you dare touch that dial. We'll be right back. <laughs>
Welcome back. Welcome back. I, are you back with us, Ace? 
air chipper alert. Yeah, I know. I left it on on purpose because, yeah, we we have a a new person and probably more than one new person because not everybody who listens chats. And that number down there is bullshit. Like last night it was saying 70-something viewers. And when the show posts, it shows a more accurate view count. And we had nearly 300 live views according to the view count. But it only counts people who are logged in and have opted in to analytics. And so you could have like a thousand people watching and if 950 of them have not opted into analytics and some of them aren't logged in or whatever, it'll it'll show 50, right? But it's weird how the live view count will be one thing and then when you post the replay, it shows a higher count, right? And you'd expect the count to be a little bit higher because some people come and go, but most of the people who listen to this show, once they come and start listening, they listen till the end, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, we, we get the vast majority of our views on replays and stuff, but we're very, very, very shadow banned on this piece of shit because, <laughs> among other reasons, we don't have millions of... Uh, library coin but i one thing i've been meaning to say i reset the library coin thing i had it at a minimum uh to do what they call a hyper chat a hyper chat is when you do a chat and um you hit the library coin symbol and you donate a little library coin with it and i had that set really high i had it set at 50 uh to stop raids Uh, yeah and I got to thinking about that. Hell, need more library coins. So I, I turned it down to two. And even though you can't buy any, just from watching videos and stuff, Odyssey gives you some library coins. So uh, don't be shy about doing those hyper chats. It's set down to two. And if that turns out to be too high, I'll set it down to one. <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, uh, good white ace. Just give us your worthless uh, Beazle books. Yeah, but anyway, we we got a co- I got a comment. Uh, someone uh, trying to be helpful, telling me to get a dynamic mic, and he listed off several kinds. Uh, yeah, I've got an SM7B uh, sitting right over in the corner, but uh, my big nice mixer that I used for years and years uh, has about nine thousand shorts in it, and. Uh, well, yeah, he said it sounds like we're in the backyard. It, it, the ambient noise is not cool to me at all. I don't like it. It's very distracting. But it's so fucking loud that even like an SM7B is not going to cut that noise out, unfortunately. Uh, I'll just have to... Uh, it'll be nice when it gets cool enough that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter if I turn the thing off. But that being said... Give me one second, Ace, and I'll go turn that son of a bitch off. We're going to lose that uh, chill backyard ambiance, but we're going to have as high-quality audio as is possible with the equipment at hand. And, of course, don't forget, you can uh, donate, you can uh, leave those tips. You have to. You can leave... You, you can and you must is a requirement. <laughs> and uh, you can also tag. I saw one 
one white man in the chat uh, tagged me and go ahead and tag us as well because it's uh, Saturday night you want to have a little banter you want to get some questions answered you can tag us in the chat as well yeah well anyway um, yeah but this condenser mic that I've got is a real nice condenser mic but it's not what I need to be using to do these podcasts I really 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 want to get back you know uh, back in the D-Live days, when the mixer was still working and everything, not only did I sound awesome, but I had all those effects and everything, and you know, was able to do the Commander Space Jogger thing and the various different Jew voices and the Demon voices and all that. Just don't have those capabilities right now. Anyhow. All right. Charge them crystals. <laughs> dilithium crystals. Yeah, I can still do the dilithium crystals. Mm, let me take a hit. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, let me guess it's grape flavor. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me... Uh, well, I guess the first thing we're going to talk about, I want to talk about this uh, shooting of the pregnant woman in Ohio, right? And the blacks are all upset about it. I did not hear about this. Okay, well, and the city is worried about BLM action, which is probably, well, I'm not going to say probably, because uh, while the the Biden admin and everything, uh, since the moment they got in power, all that BLM crap just basically stopped, right? Um, Funny that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you don't do the hardcore in-your-face color revolution stuff when you're completely in power and doing the behind-the-scenes color revolution stuff. But uh, rather than me going into a big explanation, let's just read. Let's first read the article, and then I have video of the actual shooting, and uh, I will explain to you anywhere that the article is being inaccurate. Pregnant woman accused of stealing alcohol shot dead by Ohio police. A 21-year-old pregnant woman was shot dead by police officers in an Ohio suburb last week after she allegedly stole alcohol from the supermarket. Takia Young, with an apostrophe, T-A apostrophe K-I-Y-A, Takia Young was expecting her third child when cops in Blinden Township, a suburb of Columbus, fatally shot her through the window of her car in a Kroger parking lot. Her unborn daughter did not survive. In a video on Friday, Police Chief John Belford said Young and several others had stolen from the Kroger store before the fatal shooting. Now, this is, I saw, uh, I believe it was 1776 Blues was, uh, pointing out in the chat he said there were like two of them but no there's been a whole rash of really violent um just huge mass uh uh store lootings at expensive stores and supermarkets and everything it's just crazy i mean like one of the videos i saw today was like a guy who had run into walgreens and and he's just a black guy of course they're all black and he's put running out with his cart and he's got shit like a bottle of bleach and toilet paper and paper towels and all this. I'm like, you're doing this kind of fucking, you know, strong arm theft and, and you're getting 
Cheerios and toilet paper and bleach. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, but... But, I actually respect it to some degree there uh you know we o- we always hear the explanation uh you know the the apologia for for these uh, events that are put out in the uh media is that they're stealing necessities to survive this is the one case uh, it may actually uh, somebody is actually stealing necessities to survive. He needs yeah, to clean that well. place up. He needs to eat him a nutritious breakfast cuz that is the most important meal of the day. Well, and nobody even bothered to ask him how he would feel had he not had breakfast. <laughs> but well, that's uh, kind of a moot point. Well, at any rate, well, I'm going to have breakfast now. Um, <laughs> he said two officers were in the parking lot that night helping someone who was having car problems when a store employee approached them and said Young had stolen multiple bottles of liquor from the store. Employees allegedly later told police there were multiple other people who had been stealing items, but they had already fled in other vehicles. So this is one of these flash rob things, right? But it's a lot more than two. These are going on like crazy. And the nonviolent ones, and when I say nonviolent, I mean like nobody gets beat up, nobody gets killed or anything. On purpose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, these aren't even getting reported on. You know, I, I cruise around on Twitter and Gab and places like that, and I see all these. And we're not going to report on them tonight because we're going to report on them. We're, we're going to have a segment on them next week because I'm getting a whole bunch of video together because I, when we talk about it, I, w- I want everybody to get a picture of the magnitude and the ubiquity of this. How it's just all of a sudden happening everywhere, all the time, and to the extent and the lengths that they're going to and everything. Uh, By the time the two officers reached Young, Belford said she was already in her four-door sedan. One officer stepped over to the driver's side while the other stood in front of the vehicle as they told Young to exit the car and turn it off. And here's a picture of her. I'll throw it up on the screen for just a second. Uh... There's the uh, lovely, uh, whatever her name was, Takia or whatever. <laughs> okay. Let me get that off the screen. What's her name again? Kind of a moot point. Oh, let me, let me, yeah, well, it was Takia Young. And so they told her to exit the car and turn it off. But Belford said those demands were ignored. And Young instead accelerated the car directly at the officer who was standing in front of it. In response, he fired a single gunshot through the window. Police then ran after the car for nearly 50 feet, Belford said, before it jumped a curb and crashed into a brick wall and columns outside the grocery store. When officers finally approached the car, Belford said, they discovered it was locked, so they broke through a window to get Young out of the vehicle and began providing medical aid. A passerby also happened to be an emergency room doctor who assisted police until paramedics arrived and transported Young to a local hospital where she was pronounced dead. The incident is under investigation by the Ohio Attorney General's Bureau of Criminal Investigation and the two officers are on paid leave. Body camera footage from the encounter is expected to be released on Friday. And it was, and I've got it. Every loss of life is a tragedy, Belford said in his video statement. The family of the woman who died is understandably upset. I've spoken with a member of the family, and I will continue to keep them informed about what's happening. 
News of Young's death has caused outrage in the suburban town where local activists and protest groups are demanding justice and accountability. It was nauseating to learn that a police officer would kill a pregnant woman and her unborn child, NAACP Columbus President Nana Watson told Fox 28. Young's grandmother and others have claimed the shooting was not justified. She stole something from the stove, Nadine Young, to Kia's grandmother, who raised her. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> told the Columbus hmm. Dispatch. You didn't have to shoot the woman. She would have eventually gotten out of the car. You didn't have to kill her and the baby. Now, now, what evidence is there that she would have eventually gotten out of the car if she was willing to run over a police officer? Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, she would have eventually got out of the car. <laughs> you know, eventually, she, yeah. Yeah, once she got home with her alcohol, which, now, what, by the way, what was a pregnant woman doing stealing alcohol? Right. Um, you didn't have to kill her and the baby. Melissa Thomas St. Thomas Clair. The co-founder of the anti-violence group Mothers of Murdered Columbus Children added a vigil for the slain mother of two. Young people make mistakes, but because I make mistakes, I should learn from them and not die from them. When I'm hearing that shoplifting now equates to losing your life and you're pregnant, that deserves outrage. Uh... <laughs> The shooting came just days after Young's grandmother called the authorities, saying the 21-year-old was violating a protection order by showing up at her home, according to court records obtained by the dispatch. Young left before cops arrived, but a misdemeanor charge of violating a protection order was filed after Nadine filled out a witness statement. She says now she is focusing on building a support network for Young's sons, age 3 and 6. Hmm, where are the fathers? <laughs> We're all going to be rallying around her sons and be the village for them, Nadine told the outlet, taking care of them, getting them into school, and keeping them focused and not having them hate the police. I don't want them growing up like that. And uh, since this article uh, was published, the family has lawyered up, and they're trying to make a whole thing about it. Um but let me pull up the... Yeah, uh, they won the Scholar Lottery. Yeah. Let me pull up the uh, video here. I thought I had it already pulled up, but apparently I don't. Oh, yeah, I do. Here it is, x.com. Let me get this on the screen. As a matter of fact, Ace, I'll do that thing again where I give you the link and we can watch it at the same time. Oh, we're yeah. learning. We're evolving. Yeah, all this, all these fancy techniques. All right, there it is. Tell me when you have it up on the screen, and then what we'll do is when when I say three, three, two, one, go, drag the cursor back to the beginning, and that'll start the video, audio, and everything playing. Tell me when you're ready. Uh, oh wait, I don't have it on the screen yet. Yeah, I think you sent me the wrong link because you were going to oh. send me a link to uh, x.com, but this is actually on twitter.com. Uh, look. <laughs> don't get don't get all persnickety, Ace. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I got it up. I'm ready when you are. Okay. 
All right, I'm going full. Yeah. Okay, wait a second. I'm going full screen. I'm dragging back. Okay, three, two, one, play. 1828. Get out of the car. Then, then get out. No. Then get out. Yeah. Get out of the car. 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 Get out of the Killing I like the coals. Hey, here's an officer with a hey, here, Stop. Here's another angle. Hey, out of the car. 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 They said you stole stuff, do not leave. Get out of the car. Then then get out. No. Then get out. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Yeah. Shots fired. 1828. Yeah. Okay, now it's playing again, so I'm going to stop it there. I mean, it's just why? How? How are there so many examples of this, uh, Asmador? Uh, if you uh, if you found yourself in a situation with several armed men uh, pointing weapons at you and telling you to step out of the car. Uh, what uh, what sort of uh, survival instinct kicks in where you say nah and then uh, and then just start uh, driving towards the nearest one? I mean, do you? Well, take it depends no on the situation. If it, if it's armed men who have the right to be armed and have the power of the state behind them, I would have already killed the car. I would have already gotten out, and even if even if I was completely innocent. I would have allowed them to take me to the jail and process me, and we would deal with it all in court later, and I would be alive. Right. That That's the proviso. Armed men with the power of the state. Now, the, if, if I was sitting in the parking lot like, like she is in a similar situation, and I had my car cranked up and everything, and uh, a bunch of armed uh, bandits surrounded my car and started demanding that I get out or whatever, I would have driven at them, but not the way she did. I would have floored it, right, to get away from them if it was like robbers or something. I mean, you know, it depends on the situation. I mean, if one had a gun right to my head or something like that, maybe I'd do something different. But pretty much... If I'm in the car and the windows rolled up and the car's already cranked up and in gear and everything and a, and a, and a bunch of uh, bandits come pointing guns at me, sure, I'm going to just floor it and try to get away. Try to run them. Whatever one's in front of me, I'm going to try to run him down, right, and get away from there and call the cops as soon as I can. Now, of course, if it's a situation where you've got a bunch of armed Antifa and BLM, whether they're armed or not, and, they're, and they surround your car and start beating the hell out of it. You just have to take the chance and sit there in the car and not move. And, yeah, they'll probably break out. They'll destroy your car at the very least. They'll probably break out your windows and pull you out and beat the living shit out of you. But if you even bump into one of them, you're going to get charged with attempted murder. All right? Right. So it's a whole dynamic to it. But what we see here, and, you know, I am no fan of the police or whatever, but... 
it was very obvious. And these these cops deal with with this shit every day. And there's nothing more unpredictable than some ratchet black bitch who is has just pulled something as brazen as going into a place with a mob of other blacks. And and yeah, I get what you're saying. What she's doing, stealing alcohol. Well. They're stealing it to sell for the most part. And sure, they're going to drink some of it, but they're not running in there and grabbing like a bottle apiece. They're running in there and getting a cart and filling the whole cart up with bottles of liquor and bottles of wine and all that. And they're going to go back to the hood and they're either going to trade it for some drugs or they're going to, you know, if it's a, a $50 bottle of Hennessy, they're going to sell it for $20, you know, and shit like that, right? Right, they're playing a supermarket sweep, and they're getting the high high value items in their cart. Right, and so if they're brazen enough to do that, and she's already been ordered to turn off the car, and she's being told to get out of the car, she's refusing to do all that and everything. These cops know she's about to try to drive off, and so this one cop, the second one to arrive on the scene, as we saw, he comes running up, and he tries the door handle as he's passing by and it's locked. And so he runs in front of the car so that she won't drive off. And she revs the motor up and he pulls his gun and she takes off and he fires. He's trying to get out of the way, but he, he does get hit as you can see from, I'm sure it didn't injure him because she wasn't going that fast, but, but she went to run it. She's like, get out the way, bitch. I'm going right. Yeah. I'm leaving now. And, and she hit him, and um, I think he probably purposely pulled the trigger. But in a situation like that, where you're pointing a, a you know, an auto loading firearm like that, and you get hit by a car with your finger on the trigger, the, you know, the the jolt could cause you to pull the trigger without even intending to. I'm not trying to sweep for this guy. I'm sure he purposely shot her. But what I'm saying is she was attempting to kill him. And the the huge narrative on uh, Twitter, all these black influencers are like, oh, my God, what the fuck? These white police think they can just go around killing pregnant women for shoplifting? Yep. No, nobody did shit over shoplifting. If it had just been shoplifting, if she would have just got out of the fucking car and it had only been shoplifting, even at the amount that she probably had, they probably would have written her a citation to go to court. But the thing is, she also had a warrant out because for whatever reason, this grandmother who raised her, who's so upset and so lawyered up and, you know, raising funds to make sure that her sons has a support network and all that had gone to the lengths to file a protective order against her. She was not allowed to have contact with that grandmother who raised her or come near her. So we don't even know the story behind what caused that. Right now, I'm sure in upcoming days we'll find out not from the grandmother herself, but from, you know, some uh, reporter doing a public records uh, thing. Right. And getting the court papers, getting copies of the court papers where the grandma that the grandmother or her lawyer or whatever filed to get the protective order. And it'll most likely whether 
true or not, it will most likely be claims of uh, physical abuse that she was inflicting on the old woman or something, right? Yeah. But uh, whether you agree with it or not, uh, she got shot for attempting to kill a police officer with a 3,000-plus-pound weapon. Yeah, and uh, and the but that, that, and, and that's why she didn't want to get out of that car is because she knew she had a warrant for violating that protective order. Yeah, and that's that's the fact that all the outrage will will talk around and and uh, say they killed a pregnant woman uh, because they're they're white and they hate blacks and <laughs> it uh, it, w- it won't mention oh yeah she was uh, trying to kill a police officer with a deadly weapon and that was justified force uh but you know that's that's not the narrative that's not the story and that doesn't get a that doesn't get a town burned down but how do you how do you figure um you know these these flash mobs as they call them that have been happening more and more often that this uh, woman was apparently a part of and uh you know these have been going on i don't know that we've seen really any action at all taken against any of these people they get released uh, without bail and all that sort of thing is this the first um uh any sort of consequence that's happened to somebody participating in one of these flash mobs have been going on uh well i think it's the first one who's got killed from it i mean they're you know they've gotten so brazen that it's not just flash mobs like remember the awesome video from a couple of weeks back where some black guy just walked into uh, a convenience store is owned by some kind of Middle Easterners. And they said it was the second or third day in a row that he had done this. And he got a trash can, big trash can and just walked behind the counter with the trash can and started scooping hundreds and hundreds of packs of cigarettes into the trash can and trying to walk off. And one guy tackled him, and the other one got a great big piece of lumber and just started beating his ass with it, right? Oh, oh, I remember. But yeah. they, if they haven't filed charges already, the district attorney there said he's investigating the uh, shop owner yeah. to see about filing charges for aggravated assault on him. So, you know, that, and this is the reason why so much of this stuff's going on. Um And, you know, it started in extremely liberal jurisdictions like San Francisco and so forth. But it's always been kind of a thing that people thought, like, even when when I worked at the smut shops, you know, and I've told the story many times how we didn't put up with any shit. You know, it was the late 80s, and somebody came in there fucking around and breaking the rules, and, you know, they got their skulls cracked and ejected painfully, right? And if they called the cops, the cops would come out, and they'd be like, well, what do you say happened? Oh, man. I wasn't doing nothing wrong. This motherfucker come up and stomp shit out me and throw me out the store. And he'd come in and say, what's, what's going on here? And like, he was being a fuckhead in the store. I told him to get the fuck out. He gave me some lip. I made him get out. And they'd go back outside and be like, yeah, well, sucks to be you. What do you think's going to happen when you fuck around in a place like that? And the implication being that A, it was a low-class place, but B, back then, for sure, I don't know if it's still that way, but back then, all those places were run by one mob or the other, right? Mm. And um, <laughs> that these ones were definitely were. 
and they 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 simply could not allow uh, one little bit of shit to go on because the the freaks and perverts and weirdos that came in there. I mean, you know, you read the stories in the Old Testament about how you know uh, uh, some guy, some traveler would be coming through town, and uh, uh, God say, "Oh no, don't don't." Don't stay here in the city. Don't spend the night on the street here in the city. Come to my house. And they come to his house, and then a mob of uh, violent, angry queers would show up outside, banging on the door, demanding, send him out so we can have sex with him, <laughs> you know, and all like that. And, uh, you know, send him out or we're coming in, right? That, that's even one of the things that happened at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Yeah. Is uh, yeah. when the angels came to visit Lot. Uh, you know, a mob of violent queers came and and demanded that the uh, that they send those angels out so that they could sodomize them, right? <laughs> anyway. Yes, and being a good God fearing man, he uh, said, "Take my wife, take, take my daughters who have never oh, known daughters. a man." Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they said, "No, no, send them out." And Lot went outside to try to talk to them, and. Uh, a tumult ensued, and the angels uh, opened the door and reached outside and struck them all blind. But anyway, uh, so you can imagine how, if you don't have firm, firm enforcement of uh, the company rules at a place like that, that uh, these people will just go wild, right? Yeah. But anyway, uh, I just... Uh, I just did a search for her name, and I came up with uh, a more recent article. Who was Takia Young? What we know about the 21-year-old killed in the Blinden Township shooting. And we've got a picture of the family here. I'll throw it up for just a second. Okay, so here's Takia. And uh, these be her two sons. And I guess this uh, elderly purple-haired lady is her... uh, Grandmother who filed the uh, protective order against her, and this guy in the shirt that says friends. Let's see who that is. That is, um, it says the family of 21 year old Takia Young. She's 21, already having her third kid. Sit outside their home, including her grandmother Nadine Young, 61, right, and her two boys, Jacoby, J A apostrophe K O B I E, Jacoby Young, <laughs> six. She's 21 years old and has a six-year-old. So she had her first kid at 15. And Jaquinley Young, J-A-apostrophe-K-E-N-L-Y, Jaquinley Young, three. Takia, T-A-apostrophe-K-I-Y-A. This is, uh, <laughs> they, should re- they should change their last name to apostrophe uh, or, or dash. They don't call them apostrophes. They call them dash. You know, like the uh, there are some black women whose uh, first name is L apostrophe A, and it's pronounced Ladasha. Um, Dash like the seasoning. Yeah. Uh, Takia was pregnant with a three-year-old and due in November, according to family. And now you note that it did not say who this guy is, because I guarantee you he's not the father. Well, I don't guarantee you, because I don't know for sure, but I would bet. I would put the odds about 101. He is not the father of either of these children, is not involved in any kind of way like that with the family. He's some kind of a volunteer social worker or whatever. You know, he's got on the shirt that says, friends. That's probably whatever organization it is that he's with, right? Hmm. So anyway, 
Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to try to provide, uh, you know, some kind of a male role model for these boys. You know, thirty minutes or an hour a month. Um, the woman killed by a Blendon Township police officer on Thursday evening was a mother of two and was expecting her third child this fall. And they're all named Young. They're not named after whoever the father is. So I'm guessing that this would have been Father Three, Baby Daddy Three. Takia Young's fan, and this is a thing that they do a lot. Uh, she may not even know who the father is because she's having sex with so many different men. But whether they do or not, says I don't know who he is. I have sex with all kind of motherfuckers. Don't even max their names, right? Because <laughs> you know they're getting on all that welfare, and if they give up the name of a baby daddy in many states, the state will come after the baby daddy and garnish. Uh, and make him get a job and garnish part of his wages and stuff to <laughs> reimburse for some of that welfare. Um, Takia Young's family said the young woman turned 21 on August 1st and celebrated. Now, you understand, if she had a baby when she was 15, that means she was like 14 when she conceived the baby. Uh, and celebrated by taking her two sons, six-year-old Ja apostrophe Kobe and three-year-old Ja apostrophe Kenley to the Ohio State Fair. Young had also recently found out she was having a girl and was due in November, her grandmother Nadine Young said. Young had been raised by her grandmother for most of her life, the older Young said, and was living with her. Nadine Young described her granddaughter as goofy and fun-loving, as well as someone who <laughs> enjoyed playing pranks on others. However, the relationship with the Youngs was at times more complex. According to Franklin County Municipal Court records, Nadine Young called police on Sunday to her home on Divot Place after Takia had shown up there. The court records said the elder Young told Columbus police officers that she had a protection order against her granddaughter who was not supposed to be at the home. Young had left before Columbus police arrived on the scene, but a misdemeanor charge of violating a protection order was filed after Nadine Young filled out a witness statement, according to court records. It was the second such charge Young had faced as an adult. So not only has she had at least two protection orders filed against her, at least, right? But we know she's violated two protection orders. Young also had other minor criminal infractions on her records, according to court documents. Nadine Young said Friday she thought the 21-year-old had gone to the Kroger to get groceries. <laughs> Takia Young was shot while in her car in the parking lot of that store. Blendon Township Police and the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation have not yet released details about what led up to the shooting. Young's unborn daughter also died as a result of the injuries Young sustained. Young's father, Timothy Young drove to Columbus from his home in Sandusky to be with his family and try to figure out, try to find out more about what happened. Young's mother died in 2022. They told me I can't see her body at the morgue, he said. I'm her dad, and I care. He said police could have shot her tires out. It's always some shit like that, isn't it? It's always some shit like, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. You just step aside in a crowded fucking parking lot in front of a grocery store in a shopping center in the middle of the day, and while they're driving off, you start emptying out your fucking service pistols at their tires, hoping that you'll hit one of the tires, and that all those fucking bullets that you fire, none of them will hit some passerby or ricochet and kill somebody somewhere else. Yeah, that's what you do. 
And everybody knows that uh, a flat tire always makes a fleeing criminal, especially a black one, stop right away because they don't want to damage their rims. We've never seen them just drive on those sons of bitches with them just shooting gouts of sparks 15 feet high from each flat tire for miles and miles and miles. Yeah, and then when they, they wreck and take out some other uh, family, you know, God forbid they're colored, then it's the police officer's fault. They should have stopped her when they had the chance. Why'd they go mess around shooting her tires out? Well, yeah, and, you know, there's all this magical thinking about that shit, too. And, and you can tell the people who say this shit, they either have no experience training uh, of any kind with firearms or... They're just dishonest. Uh, you know, it's been going Super on for years. You'll see, you'll see a you'll see a video where some where some uh, onlooker is taking cell phone video, where a poli- where a lone police officer will be confronting like an armed shirtless uh, black guy on the sidewalk, and he's got a big butcher knife in his hand, and they're not even they're you know three to five yards apart. And he's telling him over and over and over to put the fucking knife down. And he's he's got his service pistol, uh, you know, in position, ready to fire, aimed right at him. As close as they are. And the black guy charges him and he fires one shot and down he goes. And, you know, usually dead because they're shooting for center mass, right? Center mass, yep. And all the comments, just one black person after another, what the fuck you have to shoot him in the chest for like that? Why he didn't shoot the knife out his hand? Couldn't he just shot him in the foot or the leg? You know, and what the fuck? Well, you, and, <laughs> and, and even to the point that uh, Biden has said that, I forget the specific incident that he referred to, but he did that shoot the legs or, or shoot to disarm them. Uh, malarkey to use a term of art of his uh, before so that's you know not just uh, not just the uh, the community uh, that says those sorts of things this is this is coming from the top <coughs> yeah yeah it's coming from the top there should never be any consequences uh, for a certain protected class of uh, of uh, magical uh, magical Americans yeah yeah um <clears throat> well, anyway, so, you know, I'm looking through these uh, various headlines about this, and none of them are any newer than that one, so it, it, there's no point in looking through them for more, um, hoping for more information about what the protective orders were about or anything, but hopefully, and it won't be in the mainstream media but you know somewhere zero hedge or somebody will be publishing <laughs> the details of uh of what happened for her to get the protective orders and i'm not even saying that because she's had protective orders in the past that she you know this this is just responding to the typical black or liberal arguments i'm not saying that because she's had protective orders that she should have been shot quite right, the just, opposite just just speaking to the judgment involved with yeah. this person. And I'm not saying that because she was shoplifting, she should have been shot. Though, hmm? I am of the opinion 
that when you see some of these kind of things that we're going to be showing, uh, I guess it'll probably be me and you, Ace, next Wednesday, mm. when I show the big collage of these extremely scary, violent, and, and it's not just the 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 flash. I guess flash robbing that that that's a term I just came up with. I think. You know, flash mob, flash rob, right? And they're probably organized the same way on Facebook, right? But uh, uh, there's also, like in New York and Los Angeles, there have been sometimes uh, over a thousand blacks just suddenly converge on a place and start attacking people, right? It's been happening a whole lot over the last few weeks, and I'm going to get a lot of that together, and we're going to talk about it. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure that I'm not of the opinion that security guards and cops and um, regular citizens carrying firearms legally and all like that, there should be a provision in the law that uh, you're up in the middle of that shit, just start shooting motherfuckers, right? Because if... If they keep getting handled with kid gloves with this stuff, and you know, if I sound hyperbolic about this, wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. And I'm not talking about because of the loss of property or anything. I'm talking about the extreme situations of danger. There were a couple of these where I was watching it, and you know, just going off hundreds of them on a subway platform, hundreds of them. Uh, at an intersection, hundreds of them at this and that and the other. And I think, and, and, you, and you see people who obviously aren't part of it, you know, whites and Asians and uh, blacks who are like, oh, my God, look, they're doing it again, right? And they're yeah. sitting there all confused and scared and trying to figure out which way to go to try to get out of this shit and everything. And just imagine if you were there. In the middle of that, and you had your girlfriend with you, or you had your child with Kids. you, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, obviously, the thing to do is to get the fuck out of there as fast as you can. But you're surrounded by them, and they're just going ape, right? And you can't, and you can't defend yourself. No, no, absolutely. If you did have a gun, and you're trying to get your yourself and your loved one out of there alive, and you used it in self defense, the the uh, prosecutors are are coming for you buddy they don't give a fuck about all the all these people in this mob that you know did this obviously uh premeditated explosion of violence right they don't give a shit about that but the fact that you wanted to survive and that you had to do that to survive and get out of there unmolested and buddy you're fucked and just like i can't remember what was their name the 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 people in uh St. Louis, who didn't even shoot anybody, who just came and stood out in front of their house, yeah, with firearms, saying no, no, you know, and the mob, the BLM mob was out there threatening to kill their dogs and kill them and burn their house down and stuff. And so the man comes out and he's got an AR-15 and the woman's got some, I think, a Sig 350. I'm not, not three, a Sig 380, 350. I'm, I'm mixing my motors and my guns up. Uh, a SIG 380, <laughs> and they don't shoot anybody. And uh, the Soros prosecutor, uh, uh, African-American gentle lady, 
who has since been fired for all kinds of misconduct and corruption and shit, removed by the state. And I think this barred. I'm not certain about that off the top of my head. Tied these people up in court for I don't know how long. And I, I don't even recall the... Uh, resolution of it. I know the governor was saying that if they got convicted of anything that he would pardon them. But you can't trust these governors on this because like the guy in Austin, the army veteran who got caught up in that mob of Antifa and they had that one Antifa and several of them had AK-40. They're wearing masks and AK-47s. This is a thing in Texas, right? If you want to, if you want to do your open carry and all that, okay, whatever. But there should be, under no circumstances, should anyone ever be allowed to carry open or concealed, wearing a mask. Right? That should not be a fucking thing. That should be a thing that uh, can get you shot by the fucking police, shot dead on fucking sight. And they they do it like crazy in Austin and Dallas and places like that when they have these Antifa rallies, there'll be, they'll have the unarmed Antifa agitating people and physically attacking people and the armed with their masks on Mm -hmm. and the armed Antifa with their AR 15s and AK 47s come running up before you can defend yourself. Right. And if you defend yourself while they're standing there and they've got their fucking uh, uh, communist Bolshevik uh, lawyers guild cocksuckers in their lime green caps standing right there observing. If you try to defend yourself, they're going to kill you and uh, uh, claim that it was either self-defense or the defense of the life of this other uh, these other people who just assaulted you. And the Lawyers Guild lawyer is going to tell him exactly what to say when the cops arrive, and he's going to uh, defend them, and he's going to make the case that it was self-defense. He's going to lie his ass off. And when it's a really egregious thing, they scatter and run, and they've got their faces and their eyes and everything completely covered. And if the cops can't chase them down and catch them right then, the odds are very slim that anything's ever going to happen to them. Yeah. You know? Uh, So anyway, uh, but that guy, but the point I was getting to here is, you know, you can't trust these these super-based governors when they say this stuff. Because Greg Abbott said, you know, that, that one guy, he um, he's driving through downtown Austin. I think he was doing some kind of a delivery or something, but he was fresh out of the military. He was, uh, I don't know if he was Iraq or Afghanistan, but he was an Operation Enduring Freedom veteran, right? Hmm. And he's uh, carrying a legal handgun in the car. And unbeknownst to him, they're having a big Antifa BLM thing where they're blocking the street and everything. And he goes pulling up to a, a intersection, and they decide that he pulled up too close to the crowd of people who are blocking the intersection, and they all start rushing the car. Right? You know how they do surrounding it and all like mm-hmm. that. And you hit, and someone and this one guy who had been interviewed earlier in the day with his AK-47, 
and talking about, you know, if they fuck around, they're going to find out. These conservatives are pussies. They're not going to do nothing anyway, right? Yeah. Well, he's close to the car, and there's another guy with an AK-47 who's about a half a block away, and he comes running, and you hear one AK-47 round go off, and it's that guy that's further away. And the, uh, the, the dead-eyed fuck in his mask that was interviewed earlier is right by the car, and he starts he quickly raising his AK-47 right to that guy's head to kill him, and that guy shoots him with his handgun and kills him instead and the soros prosecutor there charges him and now he's a month or two ago he was convicted and given 20 something years if not more and abbott has not fucking said a word about pardoning him and he promised and promised and promised that if that guy got convicted he's gonna pardon him and he has not been pardoned yet yeah, I wish I could say I was surprised, but uh, that's the way it goes. These things hit the news cycle, and these politicians will uh, make their make their statements. They'll make their they'll make their motions, but uh, then when it comes down to doing those pardons, when that comes down to uh, making a concerted attempt to uh, run these DAs out of town, the next time the election comes around, none of that ever happens. Yeah. Well. Let's get to something else, Ace. And while I'm not looking, any uh, tips come in that I need to pay attention to right now? No 25s now. Oh, you bastard. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe this is one you dropped in the, in the hopper, Ace, from Fox News. Colorado women, teen made deadly mistakes in an attempt to live off the grid in wilderness. Imagine that. Is it, was this one of yours? I think that was Hate Farmer's. Oh, is that Hate Farmer? Let me look and see. I want to be accurate. Because last night I tried to give Hate Farmer credit for the uh, Bring Out the Gimp story. And that turned out that was Uncle Tit. Yeah, it's Hate Farmer. And uh, he put a note in there said, Do it right, fatties. Um, <laughs> since he said that, I guess I'll show him real quick. Uh yeah, there's a, there's a, the feature damage. All right. And I have not uh, read this. I just know from the headline, this must be an interesting story. Uh, three people whose decomposing bodies were found at a remote campsite <laughs> in the Rocky Mountains earlier this summer died while trying to live off the grid, a family member says. In July, the Gunnison County, Colorado coroner identified the bodies as Sister Christine and Rebecca Vance, both in their 40s, and Rebecca's 14-year-old son, who is not named because he's a minor. All three were residents of Colorado Springs. Autopsy reports released this week confirmed suspicions that the trio likely died of malnutrition and starvation during the winter. No... F <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't look like no malnutrition. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, th these were pictures during fatter times. <laughs> um, I, I doubt these people ever had lean times. <laughs> well, uh, they had one. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the one. No food was found at their camp, which would have been exposed to several feet of snow and below freezing temperatures. Details of reports were covered of the reports were covered by the Associated Press, which revealed that Rebecca's son was found with a rosary that had belonged to his mother's stepsister, Trevela Jara, 
The rosary was Jara's favorite, a gift she had given the group before they departed. God was with them, Jara Was he? Jara told the Associated <laughs> Press in an interview. Well, I mean, yeah, yes. of course, he's everywhere with everybody, but... You know, God is with us generally means we're under his protection and stuff. Um, but, you know. Well, God God was God was with them in the sense that he was paying attention and uh, he uh, he let he let his nature. He let the grand design that he laid forth take its course. In an interview, she recalled telling them not to run away into the wilderness. Why would you want to do this, knowing that you would leave me behind, she said, tears in her eyes. Why didn't you listen to me and my husband? A hiker discovered one of the bodies on July 9th. Oh, they died in the winter, and they were found on July 9th. <laughs> and then notified authorities, who later they found... They weren't just hibernating? <laughs> <laughs> no. Who later found the other two bodies the next day, according to Gunnison County Sheriff Adam Murdy. Two of the bodies were discovered inside a small, zipped-up tent, and the other was outside in the camp, which was a remote wooded area where hikers do not typically pass by. The sheriff said at the time that personal belongings, including survival books, which apparently were either not good books or they had not read them, <laughs> and tarps were found at the yeah, scene. Get a, get a list of those titles. We need to examine those. Yeah. As well as a lean-to built from local logs. Over Jesus Christ, a tent, a little tent and a lean-to. And they thought they were going to go off into the Rocky Mountains like mountain men. At these fat women and their poor teenage son. And they were going to go somewhere where nobody could find them. And they were just going to live off the fat of the land and everything was going to be wonderful. And, it pro and obviously, this wasn't even their land. They didn't have any right to be there, right? Uh, the sheriff said at the time that personal belongings include survival books and tarps found scene as well as a lean-to built from local logs over a fire pit. This is not a way that you live. Speaking as a person who's done a lot of camping and as a child uh, and a teenager and everything was involved uh, in uh, – uh, a boys organization where we learn survival skills and hiking and camping and all that stuff. Lean tos are awesome. When you get lost in the woods or stuck out in the middle of somewhere, you know how to make you a lean to and put a little fire in front of it. You know, you're trying to find your way out or whatever, and it's about to get dark. Sure. Stop, build one, get warm, stay there for the night. And when the sun comes up, get your bearings and try to get the fuck out. They are not, a, a a good way of living permanently <laughs> right right so so has it come up or or will we get to this like was this some sort of like uh environmentalist thing like they were returning to nature or or were they escaping well I, from the... I, i'm assuming we'll find out cause like i said i have not read this this is a cold read um were they escaping from Trump? They saw his mugshot, and they well, were so threatened. They... Oh, <laughs> well, no, this happened prior. Yeah. They, 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 are, they uh, defrosted. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Barnes said the group may have possibly died of starvation, freezing temperatures, or carbon monoxide poisoning from trying to make a fire to stay warm. 
<laughs> the sisters from Colorado Springs, about an hour south of Denver, had been planning to live off the grid since the fall of 2021, Jara said. They felt that the pandemic and politics brought out the worst in humanity. Politics. Yeah. Jara said Rebecca Vance, quote, thought that everything changing and all, that this world is going to end. They wanted to be away from people and the influences of what people can do to each other. Well, that worked out well. She described Rebecca as highly intelligent, press D to doubt, and said that her son was a homeschooled math whiz. Christine, she remembered, was more outgoing and charismatic and wasn't at first sold on the idea of running away from modern society's problems. Quote, but she just changed her mind because she didn't mind, because she didn't want our sister and nephew to be by themselves, Jara said. Rebecca and Christine Vance told others that they were traveling to another state for a family emergency, so they even lied about where they were going so nobody could find them. They told Jara of their plans, but not where they would set up camp. They watched YouTube videos to prepare for their life in the wilderness, but they were woefully underprepared, Jara said. Well, they watched YouTube videos? How yeah. did things go so wrong? You know, I watched a, I watched a YouTube video of uh, SpaceX making rockets that... Uh, go into orbit and stuff, so I could totally do that, Ace, all by myself. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, like, I like that they, uh, you know, they had this sort of uh, shit-hits-the-fan uh, bug-out sort of moment, but rather than prepping for it under controlled conditions, they decided to go out there with their, with their books that they uh, probably ordered off of Amazon and immediately smoke themselves out with no uh, ventilation and uh, die. <laughs> well, you know, I, I watch a lot of these videos because I enjoy them myself. I um, like I enjoy watching um, um, my self reliance. The guy who got so famous making the really nice cabins using all hand tools and and living mm. completely off the grid. I enjoy those videos and. Um, I used to watch Joe Robinette a lot, but he's gotten kind of weird lately. He's a Canadian, and, and he goes out and does, like, overnight camping, you know, in the cold and everything, and, you know, showing what kind of tent he's using, what kind of equipment that he's using, and the various techniques that he uses. And I really, Survival Russia is a really good one, and, um, uh, oh, what else? Uh, Northern Seclusion, I, I like that. That, that. That's not necessarily camping, but, you know, it's a lot of prepping and stuff like that. But, you know, like I said, having been raised, um, being in, well, first of all, you know, being a kid who about half my life I spent living in the country, right, and um, being involved with cam camping and hiking and canoeing and all that kind of stuff, I know right off the bat that this is not how you do it. Uh, even if I were to somehow lose my mind and decide that I was just going to go occupy some land that didn't belong to me and live there, um, I would plan ahead and I would test things out. Like, I wouldn't just go and say, okay, I'm going now, and when the winter comes, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, I, I'd go out during the winter and be like, okay, you know, and I would tell people where I was going and it would be someplace that I could get back to the road or whatever. <laughs> and I would go set up my hot tent or whatever it is that I'm going to do and stay out there for three or four days and see what it is and trial and error and all this stuff. I mean, you can, like, there's one really cool set of videos that Wrangler stars making lately. And if you watch him on YouTube now, 
thank God it's not just a bunch of shorts and product reviews anymore. He's making feature-length videos again that aren't product reviews. And he went and bought this big, um, this huge canvas tent, really nice one, top-of-the-line one, right? And they cost a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean, I think they're like $5,000, right? I mean, it's a big one. And it's, it's like, and he's showing how you can just live this way if you wanted to. Uh, and he sets up the tent, and it's got a little wood stove in it, and, um, you know, he sets up all the amenities that you need to live and everything like that. And, you know, if you do it right, and you take your time, and you set things up, if that's what you wanted to fucking do, then I guess you could. But, um, oh, just the idea, oh, yeah, I watched a few fucking videos, and I bought, and I... Uh, my fat ass and my fat ass sister, we bought a pup tent and, uh, you know, a, a silky saw, <laughs> a big box of matches or whatever. And, uh, you know, we're going to tr- we're going to learn to trap rabbits or who knows what oh, we bought. We bought a year's supply of trail mix. <laughs> I don't know. And remember when we read My Side of the Mountain in elementary school? We're going to do that. Yeah, and, and like, uh, oh, we watched Jeremiah Jones. Robert Redford totally did it, man. That's what we're going to do. But, I mean, Jeremiah Johnson, not Jeremiah Jones. Which, by the way, if you've never seen that movie, highly recommend. It's based on a true story, and it's really good. There, there are so few mountain men movies. And they're so good. There's two. If, if you want to see some, like, I know the one mountain man type movie that everybody's familiar with is um, that one with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, The Revenant. Revenant, yeah. And that's a good movie. But um, uh, Jeremiah Jones starring Robert Redford. Oh, boy, is that good. And another really, really, really good one that I highly recommend is The Mountain Men with Charlton Heston. It was made like in the 1980s. It, it is so good, and it is so funny, and it's so action-packed and accurate to the time period based on books that I've read about mountain men and stuff. There just aren't enough movies about that stuff. Of course, it was a very short period, and there weren't all that many of them before the, before the beavers was all trapped out, right? Mm-hmm. But um, anyway... But to go out and say, I'm just going to pick up and go do this, and not only that, I'm going to lie to everybody about what I'm doing. And the one person yeah. who knows what I'm actually doing, I'm not going to tell them where we're going. And where we're going, we're going to go and hide from everybody. And uh, you know, and, and there's not going to be any beta test or anything. We're just going to throw ourselves into it, and we're going to take our minor child out there as part of it. Uh <laughs> These yeah. fucking bitches are retarded, man. <laughs> or they were, I should say. They, they this is another case of how much happier would they would they have been had they been discouraged from having all the all their own stupid thoughts and opinions. And how much more alive? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At least somewhat. <sighs> well. I'm looking to see if there's anything else that we want to cover tonight. I'm not sure. I think it, we should probably be about done. We've been going for, what, three and a half hours? I'm kind of whoa out, Ace. 
Yeah, I tell you, it is uh, it is up uh, past my bedtime. I'm I'm glad we got. Oh yeah, there's one in. more. There's one more. There's one more, and we don't have to go deep into this. I just uh, this is a story that has a twist at the end. This is from the New York Post. Gunman suspected of plotting mass shooting at Black Church gets turned away at door because it's too crowded. A man with a shotgun was blocked from entering a Pennsylvania church filled with black worshipers because it was so packed Sunday, (laughs) allegedly thwarting a possible planned mass shooting. Jeffrey Harris, a 38-year-old white man from Ambridge, had a handwritten script for a shooting stashed in his home which was also booby-trapped, and may have been plotting a horrific hate crime, authorities said. He was arrested after allegedly pointing his weapon at two women when he failed to gain entry to the Greater Dominion Church on the corner of Melrose Avenue and 4th Street during services, WTAE reports. When police later searched Harris's home, they found the porch smeared with lubricant and a hole drilled in the front door that would have allowed him to fire his gun at anyone who fell while trying to reach the entrance. Harris, who was was dressed in a camo vest when nabbed, appeared ready for a standoff, according to the criminal complaint, which also stated that a suspected explosive device was found in the home along with a notebook detailing active shootings. Police said they believed the gunman could have been specifically targeting the house of worship in the African-American community, raising concerns that the male was attempting to enter the church with a long gun to commit a hate crime. Well, I mean, if he, was, if he was really determined to go into that church and shoot a bunch of people, why wouldn't he just shoot the guy at the door who was like, no, it's fool? I guess, he, uh, I guess he really wanted to be in there to yell the, yell the N-word and get all their attention before right, he started right. popping off. Now, here's a picture of him. I want everybody to see it. This is his mugshot. Okay, now let me get that off there. And I told you there's a twist at the end. The church's bishop, Kenneth Crum, suggested his congregation was likely spared from a possible mass shooting because of how packed it was Sunday morning, which kept Harris from entering. Had the gunman arrived earlier, the church might not have been so lucky, Crum told the outlet. Hmm, when you think about just how close we came to having the same kind of horrific situation that we had at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, it's like the grace of God, Crum said, referring to the 2018 religious hate massacre at the Tree of Life that left 11 dead. Thank God for his grace, for his covering over us, because this could have been a total different way, Crum said. And he's right. I mean, a guy came there with a shot. He's right about that. Yeah, it could have been a bad deal, right? Yeah. Sunday's frightening incident also occurred a day after a white gunman killed three black people in Jacksonville, Florida, in what police described as a racially motivated attack that occurred near a historically black college. There's a whole lot of mass murders going on. There is shootings, particularly in the African-American community, people targeting our communities, Crum said. Ambridge and Beaver County Police said they received a call around 9 a.m. Sunday after Harris allegedly aimed his firearm at two women walking in the area. An officer quickly tracked him down to a business building in the 300 block of Merchant Street, where Harris allegedly pointed his gun at the cop. Once backup arrived, police arrested Harris without incident, finding him with a 12-gauge shotgun, ammunition, and crystal meth. 
More drugs and ammunition, along with the notebook, were found in Harris's home on Doss Avenue. Here's the twist. Which he shared with his boyfriend, police said. <laughs> the boyfriend, who has not been named, was not at the home, with neighbors reporting that he has not been seen in several days. Police noted that Harris's shotgun had been recently fired when they arrested him. And that when he was taken to Ambridge Police Headquarters, he was making multiple bizarre comments about a dead brother. I'm thinking the boyfriend is dead somewhere. <laughs> nope. Twi twist, twist on a twist. The boyfriend is uh, black, and uh, he didn't uh, do whatever fruity gay sex thing that uh, the guy really <laughs> wanted. So that that set him off, and he went down well, he, to the local, the, yeah, the local congregation. Or he he had gone down to the church, and they had given a sermon against sodomy. He's like, look, I can't be doing this no more. Oh, that's it. He turned his <laughs> life around. He got the Holy Spirit in him. Harris was charged with making terroristic terroristic threats. Aggravated assault, attempted burglary, and other felonies. He's being held at the Beaver County Jail on a $975,000 bail. His preliminary hearing is set for September 5th. A representative for Harris could not be immediately reached for comment. Yeah, because whoever it is is probably dead. But <laughs> the one, you know, I, I remember reading this, and then I get to that thing where it says, um, uh, Many drugs and ammunition, along with the notebook, were found in Harris's home on Dust Avenue, which he shared with his boyfriend. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and and that made it that put a whole different spin on this part where it says, um, "Let me find it." When police later searched Harris's home, they found the porch smeared with lubricant. <laughs> they didn't say like oil or grease or something. They found the porch smeared with lubricant. I bet he had one of those like five-gallon tubs of analies, and he's like, well, I'm going to commit a mass shooting, and then they're going to kill me. I'm going to take out as many of the bastards as I can, so I guess I'm not going to have any, any more use for this analies. <laughs> I'll Good miss you. Eye. I didn't pick that up. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> smeared with lubricant. It, reports say this was not the first object that he had ever smeared with lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that also ties with this uh, theory that we were developing that I'm I'm now coming more and more to believe is is true is the uh the boyfriend found Jesus and he said, "Well, I'm not going to need this lubricant anymore, so before I before I head down to take my revenge on those those preachers who preach that uh, preach that uh, heterosexuality, I'm going to use the rest of my lubricant to uh, booby trap. And he wouldn't have used the term booby trap because that term would be abhorrent to him. But whatever the gay equivalent uh, would be, penis trapped, penis trapped his front porch. <laughs> well. I guess that's all the news and informations that we're going to get to today. <laughs> Ending it on a penis trap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's check our chats. We have a few, very few, that came in in the second half. And we appreciate them all. Pagan Bear. At least we got to a magic number tonight. What, did we? Uh, oh, 110. How about that? <laughs> 110 and never again. I have no idea what that means. Uh, for a dollar and 10 cents, Pagan Bear says, thanks for the show. You're welcome, Pagan Bear. For $7, Maine Franken said, Uncle Ted is a ding-dong. <laughs> you ding-dong, Uncle Ted. Agreed. Um, 
Thank you, Maine Franken. For one dollar, Sicky Ray said, "This is great show tonight, man. Interesting as family history stories, destroying an unhappy redhead TikTok whore and a dumb pregnant N-word getting goodified, all with my favorite co-host Ace on a Catterday night. Thanks, guy. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Y'all rule. Well, thanks, buddy. Hate Farmer is likely going to have some words for him." <laughs> well, you know, uh, hate farmer is uh, hate farmer is for the masses, right? But, well, uh, well, no, I can I can use the fact that uh, some people are now saying that you're their favorite. I, I can play you off of each other and make you both work harder. Use the <laughs> use the com- the natural competitive spirit. Hate, hate farmer is is the plebs choice, but the real the real patrician like like sicky race hater, uh, they know what's up. They know who the real best co-host is. Ah, so you allege. So you allege. Uh, I'm neutral in this. <laughs> I, I'm sure as hell not. I'm glad to have both of them. Um, <laughs> And for one dollar, Bear for All Seasons says, "Ah, shit! Here we go again." Which I'm certain is a reference to the story of Takia and her uh, apostrophe children and all that. You know, she could be blacker, Ace. She How could, so? <laughs> by putting more than one apostrophe in each name. No, see, I think I think that goes right past black, and that goes into uh, into mid-level sci-fi uh, or mid-level fantasy writer. That's that's when you start getting into like made-up elven names when you get more than one apostrophe. I think <laughs> right. I think the one apostrophe and and uh, the 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 cues in all the names. I think that's about as black as you can get without going into uh, into parody. Is that right? Uh, well, I think, but again, there's no such thing as, as parody in our world anymore, so they'll prove me wrong. Well, I mean, you know, not if somebody's accusing you of something. Nothing's ever a joke. Nothing's ever parody. <laughs> and and it is impossible to, I mean, when you talk about uh, politics or crime or public policy or cultural stuff. Or black names. Or, yeah, or black names. It's, impo- <laughs> it's impossible to parody anything because... Um, they managed to outdo you with the real shit. Yeah. Well, I want to remind everybody, um, uncle Ted says he's off tomorrow. If I want to do a show later. And since it's labor day Eve, I think that's what we'll do. I'll announce the exact time tomorrow on the telegram, the gab, the, uh, uh, what's that other thing? Oh, the getter. getter. And uh, <laughs> and also on the Odyssey community thing. And uh, I think Uncle Ted and I will do a TKR Sunday night or Labor's Day Eve call-in special. And you people will help bring the content by calling in. So make sure that you're in that telegram, t.me forward slash TKR official, because that's how we'll take calls is through a telegram VC. Um Ace, no work on no work on uh, Monday, so you got no excuse. No excuse. Call in. No excuse. It might get interesting. It'll be late. It'll be the day before a holiday. People will be imbibing various uh, intoxicating substances, and they'll have access to call in. It could get wild, Ace. 
Indeed. All right. So everybody make sure and watch for that. Um, Thanks for joining me tonight, Ace. My pleasure. Yeah. You know, Hate Farmer abandoning me for his family, for a family event. You know, I might have to agree with Sicky Race Hater this once. But patriarchy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, no. I, I seriously though. Hashtag hope, men. Hashtag ding dong. I hope Hate Farmer and the family had or are having, whichever the case may be, a wonderful, wonderful time this evening, and we'll look forward to Hate Farmer's return. Uh, which sometimes he joins us on Wednesday, but rarely. But Friday, Saturday, we're looking forward to having him back. Maybe he'll call in tomorrow night. Who knows? But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Thanks for being such awesome people in the chat. TKR fam is best fam. And thank you. All my mods of Mod Waffen couldn't do it without you. You are the greatest mods in the history of modding. And everyone, everyone, thank Mod Waffen because if I can't do it without them, that means that without them, we wouldn't be doing it. So I guess with that, I've got a little something special to play us out with. I know Uncle Ted's going to like this, and I'm going to like this, and the rest of you can like it or lump it. I don't know. But uh, thank you so much, everybody. We love you all. No homo. And we'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.
Mm-hmm. 